2: Good afternoon. Welcome to Sawcast number 31. My name is John Strykermeyer. I'll be your host today. And this production is brought to you courtesy of Jocko Productions. And Jocko, we thank you very much for this. And these stories are from the eight-year Secret War conducted by mostly Green Berets across the fence in support of air units in the Secret War. Shaf saw one of the three VC start to walk toward him. He flipped his CAR-15 selector switch to ON and shot him. Two more VC popped up. Shaf flipped it to full automatic and opened fire on them. ST Alabama's M79 man, Kwong, hit them with a round of 40 millimeter high explosive from the single-shot grenade launcher. Then... The whole line of foliage opened up on ST Alabama. Base, this is Blackjack. We are under fire, over. Yeah, right. A fake firefight to come home. And it's steak night. Base, Blackjack, I'm serious, over. The radio operator's voice was replaced with the voice of an FOB1 officer. He told Black it was too late in the day for extraction. The H 34s had returned to their home base in da Nang. The Nang. The U.S. excuse me, UH 1Es or <laughs> UEs didn't fly this late in the day. He told Black that it would be dark by the time they flew to ST Alabama's beleaguered location. Besides, he noted, It's against Army regulations for them to fly at night. After the initial burst of gunfire between the VC and ST Alabama, there was a sudden lull. Cowboy and the Vietnamese team members on ST Alabama got online and charged forward toward the VC in the foliage. Black was amazed and impressed with the boldness of their tactics. They didn't wait for Schaaf. They charged. As they were running across the relatively open area, a machine gun opened fire on them from the rear. The ST Alabama Vietnamese men stopped their charge and returned to the team's first position. Miraculously, no one was wounded. Schaff asked Black about the extraction. Black told him there were no choppers. Schaff remembered that Black had spent a tour of duty with the 173rd where radio procedures were strict. He told the new one too, in no uncertain terms, what he thought of his radio etiquette. You are the guy getting shot at, not that asshole back in camp. Take charge of getting us a ride home, and get us some air cover. I don't care how you do it, just do it, Shaw said. Black's first encounter with Shaw in a firefight, was a motivational situation. Black got back on the radio, told the radio operator ST Alabama was under attack, and if he didn't get an extraction for the team, Black would personally shoot him when he returned to FOB1. Commo ended abruptly. Now Shop was really pissed. (laughs) I'm sorry. So Black called back to FOB1 for fire support. Anything to help. Black remembered a Navy frequency he had picked up from one of the Marines he was drinking with at FOB1 in the clubhouse a few days before the training mission. He dialed in the frequency and found a guy who said he was a Navy captain of two armed airboats and that they were about 20 minutes from the peninsula. Black asked soft if the team could hold out for another 20 minutes. Soft scowled up Black with one of those That's a stupid question. Look, Schaff knew that several of his team members were getting low on ammo. Black's long shot paid off. Team members could hear the gunboats roaring into the bay. Black gave the captain his location. Moments later, the guns, the gunboats' quad fifties and twenty millimeter cannons and two M sixties opened fire on the enemy positions successfully bracketing the team. The Navy firepower directed against the VC Mountain's position slowed down the enemy fire on the team. Then the question arose, how would Schaff move his team a 150 yards or so through the rice paddies and out to the boats? He asked for volunteers to run to the boats. The silence was deafening. With daylight running out, Schaff shrugged his shoulders and ran to the first boat in a zigzag pattern. Now, the Vietnamese members of ST Alabama, Black, and the 1 1 moved towards the gunboats. In a matter of minutes, they were chest deep in the South China Sea, while the Navy gunners kept firing into the enemy positions. One of the airboats moved into a rice paddy and towards the foothills, <coughs> directing heavy gunfire. When it passed the fleeing team, ST Alabama men were hit with a wave of mist and water, but not enemy rounds. The second craft idled to STA Alabama. Climbing over the skirt to the deck was difficult. Nowhere in any SOG camp did recon teams train for boarding gunboats. Finally, it settled in the water, all the while firing suppressing fusillades to cover the team's extraction. When the last team member struggled aboard the huge gunboat, the pilot applied the power, the huge deck raised up several feet, and the boat turned and joined the other, heading out to sea to a Navy base. Uncle Sam's Navy saved Alabama's bacon that night. Two days later, ST Alabama made a dump run. No one complained. And today it is my pleasure as well as my honor to uh, introduce the one zero for that mission, Tim Schaaf. Tim, welcome to the show, brother.
3: Thank you, Tilt. It's uh, it's great seeing you. Indeed, sir. Absolutely. Uh, you wanna give a little bit of background like between to, us or do you, uh, you want to go into whatever you think? We can do the
2: the practice mission first, cause I okay, wanna because sure. this It's one of those unique moments. I'll never forget it because we heard about this on the radio traffic. Really? And you were out on a practice mission. Yeah. So this was a practice mission, not even across the fence. It was on an island. And at that point, you'd been on Alabama for just a little while, correct? And you were still breaking in or getting used to the new team.
3: Well, to give a little background there. Please, that's why we're here. Yeah, a little background here, buddy. I was I was uh, sent down from Mylock to take over Alabama. That was um, uh, it, it. Must have been
2: middle of September. No, no,
3: no, because cause that was in August. This was in August, um, latter August, latter okay. part of August. Yeah. So we uh, they sent sent us over, me over uh, from Mylock to take over Alabama. Uh, the team was already there. Uh, along with uh, Black Lynn Black, who was uh, uh, elected for him to be a uh, the one zero because he had experience with uh, you know combat uh, como. I mean he had. A, mean the one two. Uh, Over oh, one two. Yeah, that's okay. <coughs> one two is the radio well, operator I'm, on I'm Sorry, America. I'm nervous. That's okay. Me too. <laughs> no, no, yeah, yeah. no. But seriously, they uh, uh, so uh, <coughs> Steve Engelke was the other was the other guy. Um, and they both um, they both seemed bright to me and that kind of thing. But I put I put black on the radio because of his past experience. The thing about this team was, as you know, it had gotten virtually wiped out uh, a couple of months before that. I think it was May. Uh, except for, for the one uh, one zero, he was the only one that uh, I don't need to mention him. I. I but um, he's still alive, by the way. Is he really? Yeah, I'll well, talk I'll more be- about him later. Awesome. Yeah. God bless him. Geez, that that I that just heard the that from his zero. daughter. Yeah. One zero losing your old team.
2: But just... what we can say is the team that team was wiped out in the field. The only person who that survived right. was the one zero who, E'd for two or three days, was picked up in the ash all by an air crew that just happened right. to see him in his panel. Right. And uh, that's he, when he... I arrived at Fubai. And right after Idaho got wiped out, he was there. And it's like, welcome to the secret war. Wow. And so you come in August after after yeah, that. Yeah, I team. came in August, yes, and the
3: team, uh, you know, they had to reconstitute the team, uh, and what the way they did that was they, they took one or two guys from each of these other teams. So they're like, I would suppose you could call them leftovers. You know, they did they wouldn't take the, the very they wouldn't take their team leader and ditch team leader and put him on another team, right? Right. So um, so I was aware of that. Uh, and uh, brought him in and uh, the only one that wasn't on that former mission that we talked about was Cowboy Con who was uh, <clears throat> uh, who was the Indige uh, interpreter uh, you know he's, and who by he's, the way
2: if for our listening audience if you haven't heard about Cowboy aka condoan hmm. if you listen to Jocko podcast number 258 Eight, uh, Excellent interview. Excellent. If nothing else, you're, if you're in a hurry, go to the last 10 minutes.
3: Toughest guy in the world right Amazing dude. man.
2: Still alive up in San Jose. Hang Absolutely. Out.
3: I didn't trust him at first well, because he was so affable and he was outgoing. And, you know, you're going, and, and I didn't know him. I didn't know any of these guys. Go, oh, it's shop. called a, shop. adjusting to shop. your, yeah. He was <laughs> always trying to get me to do something that was like, That would cost you money a lot of times. Absolutely. (laughs) But the thing was, you know, that uh, characteristic of his personality was was just diametrically opposed to who he really was in the field, honestly.
2: Yeah, then you had your first couple of live fire drills, and you realized you had some pretty damn good
3: in-ditch. Well, uh, I didn't realize that until this mission right here. This was the best thing that could have happened to that team to get in a—you know how it is. Oh, yeah you get into there's that bonding experience and trust they didn't know me from adam from shit yeah uh all they knew was that i was a 10 former 10 from out of the sky apparently and the um and coming from my lock what's wrong with my lock man i was a bitch in place <laughs> <blaze. And> we, <laughs> we got, you know we had we had tents and oh. eventually a lot of mud <laughs> Oh, man, that was, well, that's another issue. That's another time. Because I ended up having to go back to my, well. Uh, we'll get you there. Know, we'll get to that. Uh, but uh, so, so, yeah, we started training. Uh, uh, you know, you could only do so much right around there. Uh, uh, but then eventually uh, we were given this practice mission, and, and I was told through intel that <clears> – <throat> I think it was a Marine uh, company that got the, they got chased out of there. A couple only a couple of months before, and, and nothing else. Nothing else in the history of the intel. But they had sent uh, apparently there had been some teams that, that or a team that was sent out in that area prior. It was just a long time. Prior. Was it St.
2: Louisiana? Was it? Yeah.
3: You know you know all this stuff man.
2: When Pete Boggs was the 10-0 I think he took over Louisiana. Because the lieutenant broke no, his broke his ankle right? oh, yeah jumping into a target. In the
3: same area. Really? Did they make contact? Do you know. Oh yeah. Oh
2: the, when the contact, was that? When was that? Um, it had to be the latter part of July.
3: No kidding. Yeah. Nobody told me. Nobody well, told never. me about that. Of course, that. they all me But Pete, Pete was—I uh, went through training group with Pete. I don't know, just as a, as Wilbur a Pete as Boggs, an aside. Indeed. Wilbur Pete Boggs, great guy. You know, just uh, bright. It's like everybody, virtually tough everybody. as nails. Tough as nails. You wouldn't. Oh, yeah. You wouldn't know it. No. Because most of most of us, really, if you saw him walking down the street, you know, we, you know, we're not. Uh,
2: yeah, it could just be jumped up the rag, man, without realizing. You know, he put a car 15 in his hands. He turns into a stone killer.
3: That's right. Yeah. Pete was, Pete was a, a different man. <laughs> and he was... He was Completely he fearless. Oh, yeah. Absolutely well... There were a lot of guys. Well, the guys we just talked about, like Len Black and, sure. and Smitty and those guys. Anyway, so you had, I digress. You had no
2: no reports, minimal <clears throat> intel about the island that you came to do for your practice. Mission. Yeah, and
3: I think it was a peninsula. I don't know if it was a. I think they called. They talked about it being an island, but it doesn't matter. You it know doesn't what? Matter. It was. So,
2: most of our missions were west of Fubai FOB 1. This was east, and it was. That's right. It, you were touched by the South China Sea. So that makes it right. different. And
3: it was, quote, a practice mission. Well, I brought my uh, bathing suit. <laughs> I told the team, you know, if you got, you know, some, some, uh, we're going to have margaritas and uh, uh, a little umbrellas. Sure. Because it was a beautiful beach. Absolutely. Absolutely gorgeous. And, uh, so anyway, we're, we're, you want me to get up to? Anyway, the, we trained. We trained enough. Yeah. Uh, still didn't know each other really. Sure. Uh, I've got all of these guys from different teams who are.
2: And because from you're my a new team, uh, eat, you had to do some base details, <clears throat> trash runs. No. Get the water runs. No. No.
3: no. I thought that you did. That stopped when I get, came down there. We never. Okay. We never. They they were doing all of that garbage work while they were waiting for me. Apparently.
2: But then when they got a true leader.
3: They were right no, I no, that's. Not, I don't think that's <laughs> it at all. I think they said, "Okay, now we can now you send them into work. this crap." Yeah. So, um, so yeah. So, um, I had these guys from from these different. Uh, I, I kept an open mind, though. You know, I sure. tried to. I'm sure. I'm 22, uh, I'm an idiot. Of course, we, <laughs> we, would, we would. We wouldn't be there if we weren't idiots. Something's wrong. It's a wrong. prerequisite. There it's was prerequisite. something wrong with us. <laughs> You know? And he still can't find that no little... Comment. That little. <laughs> so anyways, let's
2: get to the mission, Tim.
3: Okay. okay. They said, we
2: got a practice mission it's for you. It's a practice mission, so... You pack your bathing suit, vir- some suntan lotion. No, uh, did you take suntan lotion, too, with the bathing suit? I'm sure I did. Okay, good. Along
3: right. with bug juice, and uh, <laughs> I don't think there were any leeches on, in that. That's one... That was one good thing about it. I don't think there were any leeches. Oh, yeah. So we end up... Uh, uh being inserted by H thirty fours, I remember Our all beloved you know, king bees. Absolutely, the South wonder- Vietnamese Air Force, fearless pilots, fearless, yeah. and and good helicopters because they held them together with spit and glue. You know they weren't they weren't necessarily well maintained, but they were a great helicopters. They put us in on the it would have been the south side of um, of that peninsula, uh, just just off of the. It was sort of a situation where it was beach all the way around. Very, very uh, narrow beach on the south side. We uh, we inserted helicopter flies away. And uh, <clears throat> because it was uh, – much of the area was uh, – at least uh, the route that I elected to take mm-hmm. initially was rather sparse. You know, it was open. Um, what time of day did you get inserted? It was in the afternoon. Okay. Um I don't remember exactly what time we started to. At least move. You had a couple
2: of hours to maneuver and get a feel for the land. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But
3: but I knew that we would probably be um, moving a lot during if we mo- when we moved uh, at dusk, early in the morning. Those those points of time, maybe a little bit at night. Although I hated to move at night because you didn't know where you were going. Um, but uh, so we took our time. You know, we were going to be in for three days, I think. We started moving. Um, uh, it would have been. Uh, it would have been east, um, which was, um, from my perspective, it was straight. <laughs> <laughs> you no, know, and we. Uh, I we tried to move it into the jungle so we could get over this lower area and, and move to the other side. Right. Uh, we're. Uh, you know, it's just.
2: Plus, we don't like being out in the open. You just feel hinky. Oh, absolutely. Because you know somebody's no, looking. No, I
3: mean. You know, people that were there knew we were there. Um, we didn't know what was there. Sure. So we started, we found a little trail to the left. My point man started to go up into the trail, take the team up there. Uh, he only got about 50 feet into the jungle on the trail and he got hit by giant Asian hornets. Oh! He got stung three times in the head. And so right there at the beginning, we had to take him back. And uh, call in a medevac for him because no he was delirious.
2: Oh, I forgot about that.
3: Yeah, yeah, he was delirious. Oh my god! So I had to take him out of there. Yeah. So and then they they took him off, and <clears throat> he ended up being fine, by the way. But he was like, he didn't know where he was. No. The pain was because I got hit later on with it. I told you that you
2: had a single shot though, right? I had a
3: single shot, but and, still... man, that was a that was a bus ass buster right there. Oh yeah. Smitty was behind me. Yeah. I don't want to get too far off but he said I looked like I get hit in the head with a baseball bat I just <laughs> went dropped and I thought it was like this yellow and black monster scene. I thought it was a bird or something coming yeah. out coming out of the jungle just boom <clears throat> right for me anyway we're moving up the um, uh, the peninsula there as much as we could you know like mm-hmm. I said we moved only only when it was uh, available to us if you will uh And uh, so we got to the end, and I think we spent uh, at the end of the peninsula, that's where we spent our first night. And and, uh, um, like you say in your book, uh, I didn't mind sleeping. (laughs) So we ended up sleeping during the day, that was. And then, then, um, you know, dust, and and whenever we could, we moved all the way around. All the way around the end of the peninsula, start coming back up the in, the end peninsula, and, and that's when we saw all these rice paddies. There were ladies out there working during the day. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> we stayed obviously we well back um, out of the, out of their sight. Yeah. Um, and then moved uh, somewhat during the night. I guess it was the second day, whatever that was, and then moved all the way around, and it was on um, the third day, I think. Yeah, that we. Um, I turned them around, because by that time here we're in three days. We're moving pretty good. You know how you know we're doing, uh, feeling each other out. Sure. Um, I didn't know there was as much bickering as you talked about in your book, but that could have been going on without my knowledge. You know. Yeah. Um, you know, with Black and all that, or Black overhearing them saying yeah. some shit. Yeah. They, because um, <clears throat> they were. For some reason, even though they're leftovers, they're like cocky little bastards. You know? Oh, yeah. And they had leftovers, <laughs> but they have
2: gone across the fence on real missions. Well, yeah, And yeah. they were
3: bitching. It's like, this is a practice
2: mission. Yeah, but and, they, uh, yeah. You but know, they well, didn't come to did, you. you know, they
3: didn't come to you directly and say. No, no. Yeah, They okay. never did. So we ended up. Um, <clears throat> I mean,
2: there's always a little bickering between the A-type men on the ground.
3: <laughs> oh, you know, uh well, these guys are hard asses. These, oh, yeah. these guys were, I mean, they had been. They had experience. They, were <coughs> they weren't Vietnamese. They were, uh, they were Chinese. You know, Cowboy was a uh, ethnic Chinese Catholic.
2: Nung. Was well, he a Nung? I thought you he know, was.
3: I, You know, there was there's a, there's a difference of opinion as to what uh, would be described as. But he's the tallest a of, the, of the Vietnamese that we ever He's the tallest. Saw. Yeah. He's like 5'9. nine. He's a smart ass. He spoke fairly good <laughs> English he's, compared. He's smart as shit. Oh yeah, I mean, really. I I had a lot of uh, experience with him afterwards. After we got home, when we tried to go through that process of getting them all uh, designated as U.S. veterans, I remember that. But that was was like two or three years, man. It was that was another issue. Anyway, so we're uh, get uh, over above these a dry rice rice paddy, and we were behind a couple of berms either side. So. We were fairly well protected from that perspective, but we had mountains to what uh, would have been my right, uh, it would have been uh, to the south. If you call them mountains, they weren't that, that high. And uh, it was, uh, it was uh, the afternoon of the third day uh, to our, uh, let's see, to our uh, west would have been the bay. And we had about 150, 200 yards to the bay through uh, what were dry rice patties. Of course, there were uh, lots, of, uh, lots, probably a, maybe a dozen different rice patties. Some well, of them that were, many, huh? Well, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, eight? I yeah. Could have been, I don't and know. And so it was a three-day mission, so you're could've thinking six, it's well. time to wrap it up. So you, in your <laughs> yeah, mind, yeah, it's yeah, like no, it's a practice the end mission. Of thing, yeah. Absolutely. <clears throat> we're sitting there. It's maybe, uh, f- I don't know what it was, 4 o'clock or something. Coming down, and I'm thinking, you know we're not getting much done here, yeah uh <clears throat> so i was, I was thinking about just calling him in. I may have mentioned that to black and just get us out of there before the end of the day because I didn't want to be there at night that was a that would have been a bad position with the especially uh it would just it wasn't it wasn't a good defensive position right. at night, so um uh, so we were talking about that and all of a sudden we look up and up in the, uh, there was this huge boulder that was stuck out uh, of of the, uh, uh, this hill. Maybe it's, uh, I wouldn't call it a mountain, it was more like a hill, maybe 1,500 meters high or, mm-hmm. uh, or 1,500 feet high maybe. Uh, they were about, uh, just like in your book, really that was pretty accurate, 12 to 1,500 meters uh, away from us. But we could see three guys, and they were—couldn't <clears throat> tell if they had weapons, but they were all standing out there just kind of looking around, you know, kind of— Yeah. You know, they knew we were there. That's, they were watching us. I think that was—I uh, believe that that was the command element of, of this um, ambush that was being set up. You know, but at first, while we were watching, the whole team's watching these guys up here. They're looking up and to the right. I just happened to have a, a little bit of a. I just picked up on a little bit of movement. And uh, and again, these guys don't know me, right? Sure. Yeah. They don't know me from shit. Yeah, because by
2: that time you've been in Vietnam and in Saigon for how many months? At that
3: point. Oh geez, uh, I got in December of '67, so that was um, that was August or whatever that is.
2: Yeah, eight months you've been on the ground. Yeah. Yeah. And I'd run. But they didn't well, that know that. T-
3: they didn't know They didn't sure. know that. And we didn't, you know, I didn't talk about that. But I had been on like three different teams. and it, Buku uh, missions under your belt. They were, but I didn't count them. I, I'll explain that. But I don't know. Yeah. Well, you're like me. Once you get past your fingers, you kind of lose no, count? No. no, no, no. I never counted them. Yeah. I was kind of a... I didn't either. So a, I I, uh, I, didn't like my picture. Yeah. There, you've got a lot of photo. I wish I had one now. Uh, a photo of me with one of my teams. Right. Sure. I never I never did that. Well, did. we were told
2: we couldn't do it, and you were a good one-zero, and you no, did. No, no,
3: it wasn't that at all. No? I just felt like I didn't want to memorialize. I didn't think too much about it because I wasn't that smart. But it was something in me that I didn't want to uh, memorialize. It was like, you know, that was them when they were alive. Sure. You know? Um, so that's the way, you know, I handled that. So getting
2: back, you see the movement.
3: I see the movement, and I look straight ahead, and about 70 yards— 70 meters from me, directly in front of me, there's this uh, hedge grove, thick hedge grove, from uh, right to left along the line of one of those berms uh, separating two of the rice paddies. So it's directly right to left. And it was about, it varied in height between, you know, five and a half feet to six feet. But I saw just the tops of... Three little heads, like four inches, three inches yeah, yeah. movement, of three men, uh, bareheaded guys, walking right to left, and that's when I, I started thinking, this is not this is not good. Yeah, this is not good. Got <laughs> three guys up on the on this mountain, right, on this boulder. I knew were, at that point, yeah, something's up. I think they had been observing us, they found, you know, because it was so open. And uh, so I saw these guys, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm the only one that saw, it. saw them, though. That's the problem. And so I turn around, and I tell Black, and all the Indians are still looking at these guys on the, on the boulder up there. And uh, I tell Black, um, I just saw these three guys, and they're gone by now, right? Black doesn't see them. Inglekey doesn't see him. And uh, I said, "Black, you know, get on the, get on." The, and that's when Black, he didn't know me either, you know. Sure. That's when he gets on the, you know, <laughs> he <laughs> took the order, he got on the line, but he yeah. did. The, you know, this is bullshit. He just wants. He's really. I, uh, I don't think we even ever talked about that. But mm-hmm. I know what he was thinking. You know, we had already talked about getting home. You know. Sure. So he thought, well, well I'm just night. You knew it was, yeah, it was stake like night. Stake night. Yeah, I guess. I said, I'm going to go over here. I'll see if these guys are over. So I crawled over there. And in your book, it was a little, you said something about 50 or 60 yards. It was only about 20 yards. But it was over a berm. And they, and they couldn't see me when I got over there. They, being my team, were black. Right. They couldn't see what I was doing. So I lined up along this a line almost directly, you know, at the end of, of these uh, rice paddies. Uh, the line that from the end in a, I guess it would be a ninety degree angle from, from mm-hmm. where those other lines were straight out towards towards the hedge. I, I crawl out there and there's three guys standing there, just standing there, like looking around. And I'm with AKs there. or SKSs. They all had weapons. Uh, I don't recall right now where the you know what which ones, mm-hmm. but I just like man, and I wanted to shoot him, you know. Oh yeah, but my guys didn't know what's going on. You know, man, geez, this is an opportunity. <laughs> I mean, you know how you know how that's just the way it was. Oh yeah, these guys wanted to, you know, you could tell. I I knew they were at that point they were going to try to set up an ambush, and of course they were. I, said, nah. I crawled before I shot. You know, I didn't do anything. I crawled back to black, and I said, look. There are three guys out there, and he's still going, yeah, sure. So, so I'm going to start a firefight. You get out of the horn, let's get the hell out of here, right? Yeah. So I crawl back out there. He's on the horn doing something. I didn't know what. I assumed he was getting some helicopters. I went out there. I come back out there. That At that point, there's only one guy standing there. He's standing at the end of the hedge grove. And I was a little disappointed. No, I mean, I shouldn't say that. I should say that. But he's, he started walk away from me. Yeah. And in, then he turned around. I, he walked about 10 feet away from me and then started, turned around, started walking towards me. And that's when I... Uh, Lit him up. Dumped him. Yeah. Uh, I hit him. I didn't realize I hit him at first sometimes, you know. I mean, I, the first round just went through him. Yeah, um, I don't know how much uh, detail you want to get into, but he I went couldn't down. Tell. I started to look. up I, yeah. no, no, I just started to look above my sights, and, and I thought I was. And I popped him again as he was falling. I realized, like in that split second, that he had I had hit him with the first one. So he went down immediately. Those other two guys, I assume they were those two guys, came out from behind the hedge, grabbed him one on each side. Uh, to pull him back, and um, yeah, so I uh, flipped it on uh, automatic and emptied that magazine in, into the group, and then uh, you know the wild men to my right, that team, um, they they realized, and and that whole hedge grove yeah opened up and just really? right. And so my guys react and they start shooting. So that, and then I crawl back. Uh, uh, you know, it was a practice mission. It was plenty of practice. Uh, but so you worked.
2: Here's a key thing, because um, you worked your way down. Lynn, after all the other things we <clears> read about, tried to get no helicopter available. Luckily, the Navy shows up, and you guys were under intense fire. And just as a sidebar, I remember. Hearing about that, and the guys in the clubhouse are going, Hey, you know, Alabama's out there, and it's getting late, and they want to come home. And, like, is they that reported, right?
3: They reported they got a firefight. Yeah,
2: right. They're gonna make them wait till tomorrow.
3: What the?
2: I know, because no, it was like, I didn't know, that. it was a chatter going on in the yeah. clubhouse. You know, they're always realizing, just... realizing just how serious what you're up against, yeah. but sure. so. Because there's other stories that you have, the actual missions. I don't want to spend too much more time, but you guys maneuvered, and this is your team gelled. That's when you learn about Cowboy. That's right. I on, well, Please do, yes.
3: Very quickly. Yeah. Uh, I get back to them, and then uh, all of a sudden, the, uh, I can't remember what was the name is, the Indige uh, team leader. He got them online and charged. Now you don't have that in your book because I don't. You probably didn't know about it. We said they were online. No, but no. But I I was screaming at them. (laughs) Don't. I mean in in (laughs) bad words because I couldn't. I still don't know why the hell they did that. There was no reason to. You know they're yeah they're getting fired on. They are attacking the ambush. And it was wide open. Whoa. There was no cover, no concealment. There was nothing. It was across a dry uh, rice paddy. Really. Yeah, I'm get the, you know, and then all of a sudden the machine gun from behind us opens up, which made perfect sense at that point. Sure. You know? Yeah, yeah. You oh idiot! You brought your team right in the middle of a of an ambush.
2: Thank God you sprung it before
3: they sprung it on you. Yeah. Oh, you know, it's just luck. You know, oh, yeah. that's like like you know. Um, there's the f- only a certain amount of expertise that comes into play. I mean, you can you can think of yourself as the greatest recon man in the world it doesn't matter no because uh, you know whatever percentage it's a high percentage of just plain dumb luck Uh, especially on. you just
2: hope the recon guys
3: are smiling on you (laughs) I don't know I I didn't think too much in those days anyway none of us did (laughs) young and dumb we wouldn't have been there yeah, Otherwise. but anyway, so yeah, they're doing that. The machine goes up, up. It was an opportunity for me actually to use my sawed up M79. So I fired a few rounds up at the. I couldn't quite uh, pick out exactly where the machine gun was. So I fired a few rounds up there, and all the other guys are you know by that time, and they have bad guys on the other side too. By this time, so we had them on three sides. Yeah, um, <clears throat> it was a pretty good. Pretty good volume of fire and a pretty good uh, pretty good gun battle going on. So we finally, I mean, Lynn was like, uh, you talk about special forces, uh, uh, get it done kind of a thing. <clears throat> he brings in airboats, man. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I didn't even know they had airboats. These two airboats come in, you know, maybe, it was only like 15 or 20 minutes later. They come plowing in there and they're they're firing their cannons. I don't know what they call They're big cannons. You know, pretty good size, big airboats.
2: They have fifty calibers too.
3: Is that what they had? Yeah. I mean, it was. It was. That was um, very. Uh, we welcomed them. Indeed. And so, um, so they were. They were firing. Boom! 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 They ended up uh, bringing both as far as they could up, up on the on the sand there. But they're yeah. still back ends, and and much of them are. Much of the boat itself is in the water. Yeah. So we had that thing, that little um moment in time. Yeah, who, yeah, who wants to run out of here? <laughs> it's like, are you crazy? You're looking for a volunteer. Anybody want to Well, a volunteer? You know, there was no other another way, so I, I just took off. While you're under enemy fire. It wasn't it wasn't zigzag with was serpentine though. I that I wanted to... it was a, <laughs> Get serp, a Serpentine. No, we ran like hell, you know, yeah, and I yeah. fully expected it find one of something in my back
2: yeah yeah
3: and so we got out there everybody followed everybody did no complaints after that um, and so that was you know we got on the airboats came home and had steak that was about it oh my
2: god yeah so then uh, you're on a team and I don't I guess um, we don't want to dwell too much but you <clears> would experience once <throat> you're on the team you earn their respect they got to know you. You had more. Of course, September, we had a lot of monsoons and uh, other in-camp activities. And I don't know if you had anything else with your team before you got to early October when there was a change on the team,
3: which right. turned out to be a tragic <clears throat> uh, change. Um, right, right. Well, a couple little things. And I'll, sure. I don't know how much time you have. We got all uh, kinds of time. We're here okay. to talk about your story and okay. get about
2: but then uh, when we're done with that part, we'll go back to how did your whole career start? Here? Okay. 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 And so oh.
3: I'll go through that. Um, okay. But uh, the thing you asked about was uh, after that, after we mm-hmm. came back, like the yeah. next day, you know, these guys, love, if, they love me. <laughs> they love you. And, <laughs> and <they're> you also, <laughs> also,
2: you got ragged that night. You were picked on, oh, yeah, you just may have forgotten that part. But you came back, it's like, oh, how did your, quote, training mission go? <laughs> and we still didn't know oh, that really? you guys were lit up. Because oh, yeah. nobody could the – They didn't know people, all that. They didn't know that. And I you come know. back, and
3: you guys were low on ammo really? for cat's sake. Yeah. I didn't know that. I, I remember you in the Green Beret Lounge, you always pick out Tilt because you hear this freaking Tilt laugh. Indeed. Yeah, yeah, that's one. Of, that's one of the greatest places. You know, it's so weird. People, it is weird. They see movies. They see all these different uh, dimensions of uh, what Hollywood wants to project as, as being uh, badasses, if you right. will. Um, and we never looked at ourselves like we never. I didn't. No, uh, we, we were we were just trying to do a job. And but the funniest guys, the greatest guys in the world, the best time of my life sounds weird, was when I was in SOG. The best oh, yeah. time of my life. Second best was when I was in training group with uh, uh, Bobby Kick yes. and uh, some of those other crazy bastards. But, Indeed. Uh, but SOG, <laughs> I, it's, it's ironic, isn't it? It is. so damn dangerous. We were aware of the danger, but when we got in that, the Green Beret Lounge or, or any place, collected yeah. in one of our rooms, I got a photo of, uh, I'll show it to you after this thing, but it's... Uh, Smitty sent it to me before he passed away. We're all sitting around. peat Boggs is in it. And on on two beds, there's a couple of uh, legs in there because they were wearing glasses, and one of them wasn't Doug Godshaw because I I don't think you know that story. But uh, it was Smitty, and then we're like around in a semicircle. Smitty, and then Eldon Bartwell. Right. There's a Spec Four. Yeah, and then I'm plastered up against the wall, laying on the bed. And
2: you're you still know? an E four then before you got sergeant, no, I, right? Or were you a sergeant I, 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 by then?
3: I got sergeant in July. Okay. I just gotten I just gotten sergeant promotion. That was well, a, after I was eight, eight a months one, of, after eight months of running recon. My God! Well, I was a, I was a one zero as a spec four. Me too. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, this yeah, but that was before. After by the time you came in, I mean we we lost all those guys. Honestly, Oh, I know. So they, you know, they took they took the guys that, with the experience, and I thought when they made me a one zero, I thought, man, this is bitching, you know, I must be doing okay. And you know, I had to look around it, you realize yeah, it might there might be else. more to it than that, right? <laughs> so anyway, so uh, you yeah, come back green to brain base, brain. So I come back to land. base. I didn't yes. know, I didn't remember that. Oh
2: yeah,
3: I probably was pretty drunk. Within a you're ten, just happy to be 20 alive. Twenty minutes. Well, I you know what? Uh, honestly, of course, I, if I could, if I didn't remember that, I, I probably didn't remember a lot of things. But I, I never, I don't know, I never thought of it in those terms. Yeah, I, you know, I, I never thought, you know, about being scared, frightened right. before you get on a helicopter before you get an mission. I always thought of it myself as being apprehensive. Sure. That was the word I used. <laughs> <laughs> Because you a little you're, apprehensive. Because if
2: anybody's going to go on a mission and are not apprehensive, then I'm worried about that guy.
3: Well, I knew guys. You knew guys, and there were so many different types of personalities. They were they had this uh, collective sort of uh, similarities in their personalities, and, and you know, yeah. Otherwise, they wouldn't be there. But we had distinct individual uh, compositions of uh, you know. <laughs> I don't want to you know. We probably had a few sociopaths, but not very many uh, that were just unique in the in the way why, why they got there. Example, John McGovern. I remember him saying one time, and I had so much respect for
2: him. Oh, yeah, absolutely! He talked to us young guys all the time. But he 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 was an E seven, talked to first class at the time. He just
3: he did his. He was assigned. You know, like oh, yeah. we were all volunteers, but there were guys that were assigned to Sog. Right, they could quit any time they want. He didn't yeah yeah and it, whether he quit or not, you know how it was it it didn't matter you you nobody looked down on anybody who didn't want to run those crazy missions, but he said I did it you know because of the guys around me you know sure it just you know he felt that it wasn't necessarily this peer pressure, but he wanted he wanted to uh support those guys and do do his job as a as what was he and he's six or seven at he that said time.
2: started first class Oh, yeah.
3: I You know, he was a great guy.
2: Absolutely. He was a great guy. So yeah. um, you come back and you get all that done. And then, um, so let's, <clears throat> your career, getting you into the Army, this all begins, what, where were okay. you? Where'd you grow up? And then you went through school.
3: I was born, a, no. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> I won't do that. Uh, <laughs> I won't do that. Uh, well, I, I. Uh, yeah, you Very came quickly. from... Very quickly. Yeah, sure. It came from my mommy and daddy. Indeed.
2: Uh, born Without in, that, there's no Tim. Born in
3: Indiana like Pat Watkins. Is that right? Yeah. A fellow yeah. Indianan. Uh, Hoosier. Wow. Hoosier. You <laughs> New Jersey bastard. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's me. <laughs> <laughs>
3: oh, Jesus. Okay, so uh, yeah, so uh, moved to California. Dad worked uh, rock Rocketdyne and, and all that kind of thing in the 50s. We moved out to California the 50s. Went through uh, Catholic schools, public schools, um, grandpa taught me how to shoot, taught my two brothers and myself how to shoot. He was on the Indiana State Rifle Team in 1913. Get year, out. A year before. I've got a photo uh, at home that I yeah. uh, have in the living room. Bitchin' photo, man. These guys are, man, you talk about roughnecks. Yeah. But anyway, he taught us how to shoot. So I knew how to shoot when I went in, and uh, which was very beneficial. Sure. And uh, so I ended up getting to... Uh, I played, you know, football in high school. I was a good high school football player. um, And then um, got hurt my senior year, didn't get any scholarships or anything like that. So I end up uh, falling in love with this Mormon girl. Um, Beautiful, wonderful girl. And um, so she ends up going up to BYU. And I was going to, you know. Tag along. uh, Well, I come up uh, like the next year or whatever it was. And um, so um, I, by the time I get up there, she she's going with a real football player.
4: You know? Ooh. Yeah. Yeah.
3: And uh, so I'm like, geez, you know. And so I'm trying to, you know, I, I walk on at the football team, you know, and I did that. <clears throat> the problem was I didn't take enough units to to to, to uh, keep my deferment for uh, the draft. Right. The 4S the status. Yes. Yeah, yeah whatever that was, yeah. to get up there. I get up there and I get a, about halfway through the semester, I get a, a note from Uncle Sam and he says, come and we want to look at your your balls and see if you have any. Yes, indeed. And uh, <laughs> so I, I passed that exam and then uh, a couple things happened. <laughs> I'm in my geology class, right? It was like towards the end of, I don't know what it was, towards the end of semester and Nice looking lady, professor, I gotta say. Um, I remember that. Indeed. Because I was. We don't care about names, but she was we, very we attractive. We don't care. <laughs> uh, no, I, I don't remember her name. But anyway, she said, you know, they, thank you very much. She excused the class. I, but I'd like to see uh, uh, Tim, Tim, uh, Tim Schaaf, you point pointing me. Could you stay after class for a minute? I said, sure, sure. And so I say, I'm sitting there. She walks over and she sits next to me and I'm thinking, what's going on here? WTF? I'm thinking, I'm thinking positively. Indeed. <laughs> on some level. That, because you're so swamped and debonair. Yeah. No, because I was a moron. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, she sits down, she says, I've got really something really important. She's serious. She has something to, she says, I, I went over your term paper and, and I've I concluded you plagiarized that term paper. No. And I'm thinking, what the hell is that? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. No, we, you know, we used to do that all the time in high school. Yeah. You know? um, anyway, she said she had had to plunk me. So I'm in sort of a daze and uh, walk back to um, my dorm, you know, so I'm plunking out of school. I'm plunking this class, you know, it's not good. No, I got my, you know, Uncle Sam wants me. I, uh, I got into a, uh, uh, I got into a fight. I got into a fight with this this ex marine. It wasn't my fault. Uh, he was he was just. I found out later he was back from Vietnam. Frankly, who? He was one of them. No, he he. Was, he <laughs> I think he was just. I think he was fucked up. No. He was looking for a fight. Anyway, we were driving around. had cut thing. I had canines uh, coming up to so me. So you have the fight, and then what happens? Well, the cops made me drive him to the hospital. Really? Yes. That's Provo Law Enforcement in 1966. All right. And that was their technique. So I drove him to the hospital. Anyway, so I had all this stuff going on. The, the judge says, uh, are you coming you, back here? You end up before a
2: judge? I'm afraid so. Yeah. This yeah. is because of the fisticuffs? Yes, sir. Okay. This is like a bail or jail? Or go to the army. Scenario. He says,
3: "Are you planning on coming back here next year?" <laughs> and I'm like, uh, "I don't know. Am I? <laughs> you know, what do you think?" No, I. You know, that's true. Yeah. That's all true. So I, I ended up. I'm. You know, I joined the army uh, less than a month later. So, okay. uh, and uh, I heard. Uh, like soldiers from this. Yeah, cave. the song the
2: Green Beret was out. And
3: I didn't hear the second line. I've I didn't listen to it. <laughs> you know, you know, is the like jump and die? Yeah. A, apparently, anyway. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to be a Green Beret, but you, you know, you go and you, you don't think you can make it, and uh, or you have questions about this. You don't talk about it. So I went in and I took the OCS test. Uh, went in July '66 took all the basic tests, took the OCS test, passed that, and went through basic training at Fort Ord, uh, AIT at Fort Ord. My AIT platoon was all going. They all uh, were uh, destined for OCS. They had all passed. uh, So it was an infantry AIT. Excuse me. But they all had, um, they were all slated to go to OCS, and they all did, except for me. Guy with Strack starts, beret, You know, take the test. That he came in uh, about halfway through AIT and said, "You know, take looking the for test. volunteers." No, he was looking. You know, if you think he can, you know. So that test was the hardest test in the army, right there. Oh, it's really hard. Was it two and a half hours long or something? I don't know. The OCS was test was like a half hour, <laughs> and you could be a, you could be a a frickin', Second Lieutenant, 18 years old, you couldn't be a Green Beret, you know, theoretically, uh, assigned to Special Forces until you're 20. So anyway, so I I opted for, because I had, I had, uh, I ended up getting orders for Fort Sill, Oklahoma Artillery School, OCS. Right. So I went to jump school instead. Went went up there, went through, the. you know, uh, the only, it you know, I was a PFC, uh, and most of us guys, l- like you, sent, they needed guys, you know. So they sent about half of us, I think, to uh commo school, right? Yeah, 05B four. Yes. At that time, the only ones they had open or would allow for guys of my rank were commo or uh, medics. Anybody go up for medics, but like two of them made it. You had to be sharp. <clears throat> the only one that you could be re- uh, what, what do they call them, uh, recycled into another one. Right. There were a lot, of, a lot of combo guys ended up, you know, right? So, anyway, that was. Yeah, that. we got, I got, we yeah, had several <coughs> Argoth got <coughs> recycled when we came to the Morse code phase. That was the most boring two months of my life, man. Indeed.
2: But you got it, though. You picked oh, it I up. Oh, I got it. I did. You yeah.
3: picked it up pretty good. Never used it once in Vietnam. <laughs> no, <we laughs> for the didn't rest either. of my life, I can still do code, man. It's crazy, not very well, but I think every, every, you, you go through that and anyway. So, I uh, got out of um, training group. Training group. Uh, I was. When, what? So now we're in uh, sixty-eight. We're or sixty-seven. No, sixty-seven. It was probably October sixty-seven. Okay, sure. Um, and we, um, I was assigned to the sixth. As soon as I got to the sixth, I was given a— th- The sixth Special Forces Group did that brag at that time. Correct. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> yeah, it's not there anymore. It's gone. It's in heaven. Indeed. Um, SF heaven. SF heaven. And I, uh, I was there it, it, as soon as we got out because we, you know, we had rank frozen. I don't know whether it was that way when you went through. I don't know exactly. I think you went through a little later than I did, just six months later or something.
2: Yeah, I, I, I landed at Fort Bragg in May of 67
3: at the jump school. Okay, so I I And then graduated. we graduated in December of 67, right before Christmas. Did you? Yeah. Okay, so you weren't too far after me. No. Cause that's, I that's, was choking that's, on your dust, brother. <laughs> so I, I was in Vietnam by December 67. But after I got out of training, he gave me 30 days leave because he didn't have to leave. 30 right. days leave, I went home. And then right before I... Went home for a leave. I volunteered for Vietnam because I knew where I was going anyway. Yeah, and why not? It's sure. just sounds we're idiots. We're green berets, and there's a war. And it's well, our job. No, you're travel. What are you going to do with all this training, man? Yeah. You got to use it. <laughs> there's a, there's a there's a gap there in uh, intelligence uh, that was substantial at that point in time in our lives, and that was. You know, my logic was, I'm going anyway, let's get yeah, it Yeah, let's go. Sure. And I was also sort of, I wanted to go. You know? Yeah. It was like that adventure. Uh, that's that's why... Uh,
2: well, we grew up with the John Wayne movies and other World War II movies. Absolutely right. When the country was at war.
3: We, and you know, we all we mm-hmm. went through all that. after At the end of World War II, we were, we were those kids that watched all those movies. And, yeah. You know, the Marines on Okinawa and all oh, that stuff. Oh, my God, yeah. You know? Guadalcanal, <clears throat> absolutely, and, and it was don't good. Forget, don't forget Sergeant Stryker, Iwo Jima. That's right. Yeah, that was. That's. He was. He killed in that movie. That's where he died. He died. John he, Wayne. He, I got to break this to you, man. John Wayne did not die in that movie. It he didn't. But Stryker, John Stryker, Stryker, his character, yes, did. I know.
2: Indeed, it <laughs> was a painful death.
3: <laughs> I can't believe we're here after all these battles, and I'm still alive. <laughs> Isn't And amazing. Yeah. That was, bad, that was a bad line though. But anyway. <laughs> <clears throat> anyway, so so uh, I go a thirty day leave, right? Right. As soon as I get back from the thirty day leave, my orders for Vietnam are Yeah. I got orders for Vietnam. Guess what? I got another thirty day leave. <clears throat> yeah. So I was like sixty days roaming around the country creating fun. Just having fun. Just having fun. I wasn't Okay, so I'm, you arrive in Vietnam. In December, mid-December, it was before Christmas right. in Vietnam. I'm, I go, i got orders for signal company. I go to Nha and I, I'm walking around Nha This is no shit. I'm walking around Re- Nha And Nha
2: is the 5th Special Forces Group Headquarters area. That's that's correct. So that's that where is, we all went. That, when that you is got correct, in country. Sergeant. And that's, be, so at that point, did you get put right in for your in-country training, or were you just out there wandering before you got put into the in-country training? I, would,
3: I was wandering. Well, there's no in-country training then. We, we had it, but maybe you didn't. Yeah, did, you, no, we and, didn't okay. have that. Yeah. We didn't have any training at all, and that was one of the issues. But I, I was um, I was walking by, you know, you had all, they had It just like a little town, you know. But there was an <laughs> ice cream parlor being there was? Run, run by an E7. And I thought, because they told me, they said, you could probably stay here at that Como thing for your whole tour, you know. And I I just couldn't do that. I just wanted to do something. Yeah, I was, you know, I, I wasn't... There was something wrong. With you were an Action Jackson <laughs> I was, kind of guy. I was not... <clears throat> I wasn't, really. I just... I, like you, I know, and so many others, like Pete Boggs, like all those guys. Um Watkins and, and McGovern, and those guys were professional soldiers. Oh, you yeah. Know? They did it because... They were ordered to do it. That's what they do. Watkins was awesome. He was my, I considered him my best friend in Vietnam. And anyway, so I had the orders for uh, for Signal Company. They sent us into this, I, I don't know if it was an E8 or Sergeant Major, where you go going and you get assigned specifically to right. whatever unit. And I said, um, you know, I wanted to go to Sog. And he said, oh, yeah, I don't know. Do you really? And I ended up... <laughs> So he ended up signing me a song. So yeah. And so I left uh, probably the next day, I don't, can't recall, uh, up to uh, Da-Nang, Danang For the briefing. Da Nang. And, uh, and then dro- driven over by Jeep with one other guy who blew his foot off uh, like two days after we got there. No. I don't remember his name. He, he ends up with no foot and then he's gone. Oh my he God. stepped on a tow to- popper. toe popper. popper? You're putting in a lamp. You see, we got the FOB four. They're still building that place, right? Sure. And uh, for some reason, he was out there. He went there a week. Anyway, that was that guy. So they gave the little briefing, you know. Right, and that's when you briefing.
2: signed the NDA. The what? The non-disclosure agreement. I don't remember that. Okay.
3: I know everybody talks about that. I just sure. don't recall that. I remember, what I remember were these uh, these black uh, sheets on the walls, you know, going in and they and pull them off. This is this is your, because before you had an idea that this was Sneaky Pete stuff. Right. It's like enticing as hell, right?
2: At some point you see the map behind the black But curtain. you don't
3: realize at that point. Yeah. You really don't. You don't realize, fully realize the danger involved right? You sure, know. of course. And and at that time, nobody in FOB4, everybody was new. There were guys there all the one zeros except for Watkins and I think Chuck Feller, he might have been in E6, but everybody yeah, else was in, was in E7. There. E7s. Uh, we had, uh, I think, 10 operational teams. They were all together and Nobody had run a mission. Nobody had run SOG recon. I don't know if I talked to you about that. But in my view, that was a huge mistake on the part of the Army because they could have taken all these – not all of them, but just a few experienced guys from Kantum where they had – Buku. these are badasses up at Right. He had all these great experienced recon guys. They didn't send them down to FOB4. Send four or five of them, you know, train these guys. We had, you know, my – my one zero, Charlie Wilcox, was an E seven. He didn't have any of that experience. I don't think he had any a prior tour. He was a great guy. Yeah. And uh, were you
2: there when he had that brief attack by the uh, Viet Cong that attacked the uh, FOB four in December of '67? It was. I remember you were that. There for that. That was yeah. like
3: I guess you could say that was my first. Your intera- first combat interaction. Yeah. yeah, combat. It wasn't that big a deal. We didn't. I didn't think. You know, we were. You well, little know. did you realize there was, some there was a, a test. There was, there was some lead getting in ready
2: for August. Yeah.
3: Well, yeah, we we didn't know anything about that, and all that. No. I guess the guy who the the guy that cleaned the shitter, the little uh, Vietnamese guy that cleaned the shitters, was like one of the haunches on on some in some of the sapper stuff.
2: may have been August twenty third. Yep. That's what. It, so you get assigned to what team? And i get and a charlie sign wilcox i get there charlie zero.
3: wilcox is my one zero bob doherty is the one one that was anaconda um so we trained and trained paul villarosa you remember paul of course we had him in train well at that and i don't know by the time you got down to fob4 because i know you went you went down there uh we had the hooches and we had two uh, teams of americans in each hooch at that time so we had three and three right six right. guys and one hooch it was yeah. that. So the other the other team was Villarosa's team, and um, they were the first team out from Ethel uh, 4 yeah. they went. That was in January. Um, I knew, I knew both those guys, but not very well. The other two guys, and uh, subsequent to that, one of them was Watson, the white guy. There was a black guy. Didn't know him that well. They went out on that first mission. Everybody is like, you know how it is when a team gets on the ground, but this was the first team on the ground from FOB4, so everybody's like.
2: And Paul Villarosa had three tours of duty in Vietnam prior. Did he? He was the training officer, uh, NCO, for COM. And he was, when I got recycled for uh, Morse Code, me and Johnny McIntyre, Tony Harrell, we all got recycled. Paul Villarosa came in at night. And worked with us on a weekends. Is that right? So we could get up to speed. Oh yeah.
3: He was my cadre in uh, Como School too. Yeah. And he was like, you know what? You know the word was that he was like being studied by a major university because he could he could um, send and receive and
2: at the same time
3: like twenty two words a minute, <sighs> and he would write it down. To, you know, he. Could, yeah. I mean, he he's got two different messages, one in one ear and one in the other, and he's writing it down.
2: Uh, just unbelievable. Well, it is. Yeah. It is.
3: So and that he's was one his, of our legends. Absolutely, absolutely. I remember him having a uh, tattoo, tattoo on his neck, cut here, cut on dotted line. That's what it said. And then he had, he had. I remember this. And you know, independently, these um, uh, elbow s- tattoos? spider, yeah, yeah, spider tattoos emanating from his elbows. Uh, he really, actually. In that context at FOB Four, you you seemed to be a quiet guy. I didn't uh, learn a lot more about him during that time. And he was, we were training, they were training, we were sent to Cam Duck. That's where we got our training. Sure. Um, but no nobody to train us. We just trained on our own. We were there for a week or two. That's that was our precursor to doing missions. And and uh, yeah, it was just we did what we could. Um, so anyway, we got back from from that. Uh, Paul went out. Uh, Villa Rosum went out with his team. Uh, they got trackers on them the first day. This is all comma. We're all lear- you know we're learning it. Trackers, what are those? You know, sure. Didn't know shit. Yeah. Second day trackers. So we got guys on us. Third morning is when so apparently, uh, and I don't want to get too far afield here because. I wasn't there, and I, I I have a, you know, information from uh, a couple different sources because I, I think uh, I think Zabatowski Watkins told me it was um, Watkins knew everybody, but uh, you know his well, team was, gets hit. Team gets hit. He gets hit with a flamethrower. Apparently, the team is split. Well, they heard they, they went everywhere. And then we were told that the Indige and the um, the other Americans were picked up. That's what we were told. Yeah, and they kept, I didn't find out one, he,
2: We also heard that one of the Americans, the NVA
3: intentionally kept him alive so he could go back and tell about the— That was one of the stories. The flamethrower. Uh, that was one of the stories. Yeah. But what—I uh, don't know what happened to the, the black fellow. I can't remember his name, right. but, but uh, he never came back. And then Watson found out later, after the war. I didn't find out till after the war that he was killed. Uh, so that was sort of weird. I think they wanted to keep that. They didn't, never brought the indig, if there were any indigs that came out, back to the FOB. Nobody came back. They were gone. We were just told these stories <clears throat> that the other um, two Americans were Alive, and they just never brought him back.
2: Yeah, because the one that went to Saigon for a debrief, I was told later—again, this is many years later—he goes down for a debrief, and because of watching what he saw, he was out. He asked to be out, and they let him respected okay. that. And I have no, him You know what? Else. I don't. But that's okay. But getting on with your story with yeah, Paul. Yeah. So, and so you, this so, is your introduction to the secret war in, this in a is brutal a, way.
3: Everyone there. Yeah. It was. A, it was. A, they You know. They. They didn't tell us the whole story. Of course. I mean, and, and I understand why. Because they're, they're afraid you're going to scare the shit out of people and, and lose guys that didn't want to go in. You know? First team, boom, they're gone. Uh, that's good. You know, but it didn't, it didn't affect us. It, it made, I think, most of us uh, just more aware of how dangerous this shit was. And, and it, uh, I think for most of us, just made us want to know more. To, to study more to be more uh receptive to to any any kind of info any kind of input that's going to help us sure uh, i stuck to uh, pat watkins because you know he was a former marine and he's been in special forces and you know he's a sharp guy oh yeah Raises So everything sharp. even though he hadn't run at that point he hadn't run uh, sog recon he was smart as hell and i knew that and i was like you know yeah, I just wanted to hear anything anybody talked about. So here's what happened. So they take two teams. This was in um, February. Um,
2: February
3: 68. February 68.
2: By then, you had the Tet Offenses. This would be after Tet. No, no, no. no. Before Tet.
3: No, Tet. Tet was at the end of January 68. Tet, Tet was in, uh, at the end of January, right? At yeah. the beginning of mm-hmm. February. Uh, this was... Um, <clears throat> Well, it was it. It was you know, I think I'm trying to remember where I was when when Ted hit, because it wasn't obviously as bad as, as it was up there at Quezon uh, and Hay right. and Phu oh, yeah. and all that. Um, I don't. I th- we, so might, did, we did might we might did you been to get around to your first mission then? We were sent the two teams, Watkins teams. I think it was Moccasin right. and uh, Anaconda. Both teams were sent up to FOB Two. And uh, because they needed, they needed guys to run. Uh, they had Buku missions. Uh, a lot of guys were, I think, uh, overtaxed. I mean, those guys were something else, man. And they were running some basically the same areas, very similar areas that we ran out of FOB One. I mean, right. dangerous, danger, dangers. Uh, great ones. So we'd be
2: west of the Asheville and targets like that.
3: We went into. Uh, I remember the first one we went into uh, on the other side of uh, toe because they wanted to find out. You know, they had had the big toe fight there. Right? What was it, December sixty-seven? I might be wrong there, but with the one uh, seventy-third, you right. know, that was. They sent us over uh, out of Contone. That was the first mission I ran. And Charlie's still the one zero, then Charlie's still the one zero. Bob Doherty's the one, right? The, 1-1. One, one. Um, I was the 1-2 and uh, fortunately fortunately we didn't get into a firefight we got some 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 rounds uh, aimed at us as we were getting pulled out but we were in there for three days. We had trackers on us. Well they w- weren't gunshot trackers they were bamboo sticks. Bamboo you know? sticks yeah. On the first day we had them you know what the hell is this? <laughs> and I'm on the ground I hit, I hit the ground. I still remember this I told my friend, Bobby Cook, I think I told him about this too, but my, my brain is like screaming at me. I'm screaming at myself. You're right. What the hell are you doing, man?
2: <laughs> Welcome to the <laughs> because jungle, baby. I was
3: aware <laughs> instantly of the shit I had put myself in. Yeah. No, it's serious.
2: And you were in triple canopy just to make it a little bit deeper or double we canopy? Got, we got... And the trackers. On the
3: trackers. Sure. And, and Wilcox and You can't Dougherty. see them, but you can hear them. Even though they had all these years in Special Forces, they didn't know any more than I did. Wow. So it was OGT on ground. So that's why I say we were in there for three days. We we got to used to the movement. We got, to, uh, I mean, we, we never got rid of the trackers, you know how they are. Yeah. At least then, we didn't know how to get rid of any, any of that. We were fortunate because all the bad guys, we ended up on the... Second day, maybe, we ended up walking into a gigantic bivouac area. Really? Our mission was to go in there and find out if, if the North Vietnamese were still there in Laos or whether they were coming across, you know, their... Sure. Uh, they're trying to find out where they were to see if they had to... What they were worried about follow-up from tent. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So we we walked, and they weren't there, but we, we walked, we walked into this...
2: NVA you know, bivouac
3: giant NBA pivot oh, area oh god and we're walking through, you know they got all these you know these hooches and all this stuff and we're walking you know just diddly bopping down the middle of Take the taking some pictures for good luck well they had some they had to have had they were guys there I mean they must have been the trackers or whatever but they could have the, been the stay behinds yeah they, when they, the major unit would come through but we never made contact with them they just I think they just left us they probably felt sorry for us <laughs> I <laughs> said, so look at these guys bumbling around the jungle. We gotta take care oh. of these guys. So anyway, so so I ended up coming out. And that was my first mission. But the benefit there was we got to stay three days on the ground and and experience all this stuff to movement, all of those little things that you learn. And we had that benefit. We didn't get to we didn't get in a big firefight or get to have those things where that would that part of the it was training. Sure, that part of the training was interrupted. So, and then we got back, and then we got a yeah. uh, uh, mission for Hotel Nine.
2: Okay, yeah. and Hotel Nine. Hotel Nine is was one of the worst targets out of Contum. Absolutely, it's oh, like yeah.
3: the the most dangerous place in the world. They, they call 2, it at the time. Yes, yeah. sir. So we went into that, but but um, I don't know why Pat did this. He didn't have to do it. But he strap-hanged on our team, and he took his uh, his, really? his zero one with him. He came, he came only To because, Well, or me. Or, me, or to uh, you. Uh, okay. No, no. I mean, he he was just—I don't know why. I, n- I never had a conversation with him about that. But it was—Pat was a—Pat was had a quick temper. Oh, yeah. Uh, he meant what he said when he said it. Greatest. I never had an argument with him in Vietnam. I've had a couple since I got back, but he's still an absolute prince, salt of the earth. I love him. Oh, yeah. Uh, And and I'm very thankful he's still around. And
2: for anybody, for our listening audience, if you're uh, so inclined to learn more about Pat, you could go to uh, SOGCast number 23 and number 24, where we've interviewed Staff Sergeant Pat
3: Watkins. What a memory. You have all these memories. And
2: <laughs> that's also awesome, though. That's that's a good. Yeah, but it's, it's a, it was fascinating interviews. Oh, I know. Yeah. Well, he. So he comes on your team. You okay, get in the okay, field. Okay, he's on the keep, team. Get we get on here. the ground. Yeah. We we're uh, we're
3: okay. This is this is not a, a um uh practice mission at all. No, because so you're in, there, in hotel nine. We're in hotel nine. Uh, you're aware immediately that this is like you're and you're not in Kansas anymore and. There are areas there uh, which didn't have real thick jungle. I mean, there were so many trails. There'd be trails that run into There'd be a, a parallel trail to you that was really? like eight feet away from you. You could see it. Really? Pat said he saw part of the bamboo along the trails that were rubbed. There were so many guys that had walked along that trail that the bamboo. Uh, exterior, of the bamboo was rubbed off. Where they made contact with it, marching south, or trucks, or equipment. So we get off the helicopter. It's in a it's in a stream bed. I remember there are elephant tracks right there. Oh, elephant tracks. We didn't see any ele- elephants, by the way. But we get off. We go up there. And we go up this one hill. Our mission, but you want to hear about the yeah, mission? Yeah, of course. The mission was that we had to get uh, close to this uh, road set up. They, they were putting in a hatchet force. This is out of Contum. Right. They are sitting, putting in a hatchet force. They were putting in along a route. They were going to ambush. Uh, supposedly they had intel of this big uh, uh, column of uh, trucks, transports, all that. They put in two recon teams, one at one end, you know, maybe a quarter of a mile away, and then the other, other end so that, you know for obvious reasons. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, could
2: the obvious reason would be with two recon teams, when you had people in the kill zone in between, if the hatchet force is going to come in, you guys would be
3: the early alert. That's right. That's exactly right. So uh, so we were the first team they put in, and we go up this hill, come back down, we're starting to move where we're supposed to be. But we were up at the top of the hill. Um, uh, one of the photos in there of that you have, I know you have, of Charlie Wilcox somewhere Charlie Wilcox. If no, you don't no. have that, I'll, I'll get that to you. But he's he's sitting there like this. There's a photo of me, too, or like this. Watkins took those photos. That was in <laughs> Hotel Nine on the top of this no. hill. They took a break for to eat, you know, a yeah. uh, canned, uh, um, what did they have, that little cake? What is that little pound yeah, cake? pound cake. I and remember Doherty sitting there, opened up a sea rashi cat up, thinking, what, you know, <laughs> You know where you are? I think it was Dory. Yeah. It was and Watkins took photos of us. You know, I'm smiling. I'm smiling. You, could you had no nine. contact
2: yet. And you're in Hotel Nine. So on we're top up at the of,
3: top of the thing. We finished our lunch, I guess. I could. I didn't eat anything. I mean, I you know, I was just uh, wide eyed. Just still wired. I was uh, apprehensive. Indeed. So we went down that trail, well worn. Uh, Warren Trail, down to the bottom of the hill. It's probably 50 yards, 50, 75 yards down the bottom of the hill, right? Yeah. We walk into a bivouac area, an old bivouac area. Um, uh, you know, uh, holes dug and stuff. Sure. Berm. They set it up, and it was, like, out. Uh, I don't know what size, probably a company size. It could have accommodated a company size. And so we get down to there, and we're online. We... we um, he, we stopped. There's a berm between myself and the, uh, the, the front element. I can't see, I can't see um, Wilcox. And uh, the way we had it set up, because we had Watkins there too, Watkins took the 1-1 position, the tail gunner. So he's behind me. He's wrapped around a little bit. I can't see him either. I can't see Doherty. The only guy I can see is the Indige in front of me. That was a Chinese team, by the way. Uh, good team. Good in a firefight. Sure. Good in the firefight. And so I've got this indiged, uh to my right front that's probably, uh, he's only, he's not even five yards away, but he's sitting there facing the right. He's squatting, doing the Asian squat. Yeah. But he's playing with, I remember this. I look over at him because I look to my left and there's a, as I said, it, it's kind of sparse, but it's still there's still jungle, but just happens to be sort of a, this um, hallway through that all the way up to the base of, of the hill that we just came down. And we're like, uh, I'm uh, less than 25 yards from guys, bad guys that are coming from my left front and walking up that same trail that we just came down. Wow. And I counted them, as I always did, 19, 19 guys. I saw them so close, I noticed there was one fella, a nice-looking, handsome guy. I'm serious about this. Yeah, yeah. I noticed his haircut, and it seemed like he had just gotten a haircut. He was clean, nice, clean haircut. Obviously, no headgear. None of them had headgear. Really? Serious. Hmm, okay. No headgear. Yeah. Uh, my uh, my belief because of the lack of uh, they had uh, they had AKs they had <clears throat> most of them had uh, two magazines stuffed in their in their. Uh, 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 they didn't have those the NVA
2: no. vests that we that no. we
3: came to see more later up okay no. no but I I think it was sort of an impromptu thing you know in Laos I don't you probably mentioned this from time to time but laos was different in cambodia you had all of all we could bomb in, in laos and so the the uh, all the nva they were spread out right they weren't centralized right they couldn't do that so they they'd have a company here or a company or two companies was and they had out. those
2: bin trans every 20 mile which was the bivouac or the setup areas is that right yeah
3: okay well, Which we've learned later. Well, well may have known it then. I just, the but. thing that I know is about it eventually is that when you get into a firefight and people are chasing, you you end up running or, or moving from one place to another, and you run into another group of them, sure, coming from a different direction. You know, it was difficult. That made it difficult. So anyway, these guys are just walking up the hill, and I'm I'm looking. I look back. You know, nineteen of them. They walked up the hill. They had SKSs or, um, or AKs. AKs. Yeah. And I looked to the right looked at the guy in front of me. I got nobody to, to communicate with. You know, I'm watching this. This guy over here, this indigenous. You're indigenous, yeah. He's, in he's in a oblivious, hot man. He's playing with leaves. I still remember this. Swear <laughs> to God. He's squatted there. He's got his his uh, his Car 15 across his uh, knees, and he's he's playing with leaves. I remember this, you just like,, what? and I went, you know, trying to, yeah, you know, get to do that, nothing nothing, yeah, and I couldn't, I didn't want to do it any longer, so it then these three guys, right where the guys were walking, I think it was I think they were probably part of that uh that column that went up, but mm-hmm. they dropped off, this is my assumption, but three of them stand up, all three of them all bunched together, one guy in front two guys right here and I'm, I'm already I'm already pointing in that direction my car I'm 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 in a Asian squad you yeah. know and I got my car here and I'm pointing right at the group these guys stand up right in front of me and one of the guy in the front starts screaming something in Vietnamese I didn't find out later that the, he had seen me could have been I mean it looked like he was just talking to yelling at me.
2: Yeah, yeah. Really?
3: Yeah. But it was Vietnamese and and, and uh, the interpreter later said it was he, he was yelling, throw down your weapons and live. No okay. You did have you ever heard this? No. Bitch and That's stuff. That's why we're here. This yeah. is bitch and stuff. It is. Pat and I. Pat was Pat had another situation going over here. I'll tell you in a second. So by the time he got to his last word, you know, I emptied my magazine in these three guys. <laughs> you know, I mean, why not? I mean, yeah. I mean, you're, you're compromised, right? Yeah. So uh, the guys in front, they just opened up too, whether they had seen him or whether it, I mean, it was like boom, and those guys, um, I couldn't see him, but I could hear him, and we find out there's guys, you know, guys coming from here. We're we're covered. We're bracketed on all sides. Watkins, before the shit hit the fan, Watkins is back here. His story was this: he's back there with his uh, zero one, right? Right. And he's—I he, couldn't see him, but he said these two guys walked down, walked down the hill. That might have been from that group, I don't know. But two NVA walked down the hill. Watkins, because you know how we were, we didn't—we didn't, we didn't um, initiate uh, contact unless it was absolutely necessary you know oh yeah and he didn't know whether these two guys saw him or not one guy starts pointing at one of our other guys down he raises his, his uh, AK he starts to point down there Watkins somehow this guy looked over he's like this and he looks over like that and Watkins is standing ready to shoot him the guy puts his AK on his shoulder and walks up the hill <laughs> did you ever? did Watkins ever tell you that? He may have.
2: And that four hours of 45 minutes tape, I'm not sure. About no, he's, the, he's
3: got so many stories. I know. But anyway, so he didn't, you know, that and then the shit hit the fan and everybody's in a fight. So we're, uh, the guys on the top of the hill are laying it on us, but we're sort of in this um, uh, cutout area and, and most of the rounds are going over our heads, right? But there's guys back here sneaking around and we were in sort of a semicircle. we weren't in a perimeter right and it didn't seem like any charlie or anybody else was we're gonna correct that in any way i mean we're we're really uh we're you had pretty good cover uh, well from that direction from the right we didn't at all
2: no kidding yeah
3: we didn't so i don't know i got hit in the hip
2: um was shrapnel or around? Shrapnel, shrapnel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Around,
3: I, I would have cried. You know? <laughs> <laughs> shrapnel was bad enough. Yeah, that, yeah. That burns bad. so. This like is from the,
2: hand grenades and things uh, like that. I don't know.
3: You know, <clears throat> nobody knows. So the, the firefight they, goes on for so a while. So the firefight goes on for a while. I, am I'm, I'm the. I've got the PR. You know, twenty five. All the g- assets are still there because they're still trying to put in the second uh, uh, recon team, right? Right. So. I said, you know, so they're in the area and they know what's going on. And I said we make contact, all that stuff. I don't even think I had to uh, call a Prairie Fire emergency because everybody, like the whole place, was lit up. And so we had gunships there right away. We had gunships. That's nice. Ho- hovering over us, man. They're dropping, you know, the dark, sure, uh, hot, hot uh, shell casings. But they were like, Phew. I don't, I re- I don't remember who was covering us that day, but.
2: But they gave you good covers, with counts.
3: Oh, absolutely.
2: Yeah, oh, yeah. So you're so you're no. on a radio, you're directing the gunships too, then. Right. Sure.
3: Okay. And then, uh, Mr., these guys, Mr. Humble, <clears throat> Mr. But you're, Humble, but you're in the
2: middle of a firefight. You're directing the airstrikes, and the hill. Heli- just no, for the no. record, the it, helicopter gunships are so close that you had your first experience of hot shell cases coming down the back of your car. Well, this is true. It's all Yeah,
3: Mr. Modesty. <laughs> that's okay, but I just wanted to point you out. You want to know. You yeah. asked ask Watkins this, man. Watkins. <laughs> Did you go, you went to the, didn't you go to a Watkins DSC ceremony? No. Okay. We well, well, couldn't you had,
2: make it because of prior obligations.
3: I'm, I'm not going to tell you what he said. I'm not going to tell you. He just it, said he loves you, man. I know. Yeah. No, that's no, cool. but he had me stand up. Yeah, well, you guys ran several like, missions,
2: and you survived that one. Well, so we, this who, was who this pulls was? you on the extract? Was it King Bees or did it? Was it Slicks? Say what? Uh, after your hour, two-hour, three-hour firefight, where you get strapped on the right hip, you get extracted by Wait, whom?
3: And by sounding? Uh, no, not at all. We're just trying arrogant? to move the story forward. No, not at all.
2: Okay, you're being very humble, sir. <laughs> Don't do that, man.
3: I'm just no, but it was. Uh, no, I never even thought it. Like I, I really never did. I never thought of it. Like that was just the, my job. Sure. Um, and uh, so, so the, um, so yeah, I I called in. Uh, well, we had A one Es. We had A one Es. We had two A one Es. Sure. And so. Um,
2: and again, you directed the airstrikes to help yeah. soften them up a little bit before you come in. That was my with The job. helicopters That's, to pick you up. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Uh, Charlie and. <clears throat> nobody was around uh watkins uh, later came up behind me and uh um i can't remember exactly what but he was he was he was right here and then we called in uh, the a1s cuz i they were still they were lighting us up from from the top so i asked for some um gun runs some gun, well cbu uh, 50 meters or a you know, straight line yeah yeah uh, I called in, and then they dropped napalm on those guys. So it's crispy critter we, time. We well, it was it was horrible. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was horrible. But, I mean, you know, if you want to use that word. But I ended up having them drop uh, bracket the whole area and drop uh, napalm. You know, sure. Um, and anyway, so uh, you know, um, that lightened up the load there for a while. We didn't have to, you know. But then it brought up again. I got on the horn with um, with Covey. Uh, it was Covey or or, or somebody. Uh, and Probably Covey. Were, Covey's the code like,
2: name for our 40 air controllers for Sog. Really? Yeah. Well, it's just for our listeners. Some people oh, may be okay, listening to this for sorry. the first time, like your no. daughters. When they listen to it, they may not know about Covey. Writers. I keep forgetting now about that.
3: Is this yes, on? Sir. Is this on?
2: It's on. Um, You're on. Well,
3: I don't. I don't mean to sound. Uh, You're not. Anyway. You're not not at all. Um, but um, uh, so <clears throat> at some point uh, they dropped the the napalm and then um, you know the only reason why I was doing that independently because um, Wilcox and and Doherty had their hands full up front and uh, so did Watkins. So so um, I didn't really think about it. I I, I really.
2: Well, the good news is, you directed the airstrikes, and then we get to the
3: extraction. Yeah. So anyway, so I ended up um, uh, putting a panel out so they could did all that. Sure. That A one E comes in and he just dipped his wing a little bit and boom. I thought you were. I thought he was heading right at me. Could you hear like when this guy knew where we were? When the A (laughs) ones get that
2: close, you could hear like the metal clinking and clanging, not clanging, but they had these clicky sounds when they're. Changing their I don't remember the that. wing configuration. Okay, what's well, a lot ahead. of
3: noise kinda noisy. Yeah, yeah.
2: But um Yeah, they're a little noisy. Yeah.
3: So we had uh, had the helicopters come back in and you know what, ironically, we had done this giant circle mm-hmm. and they were about I'd say eighty yards away from where we were on the other side of that bivouac area. Right. And they said uh they were king bees and um they got shot off initially and then I um uh, and then, uh, uh, you know,
2: you did airstrikes and then it came back and finally got you.
3: Yeah. <laughs> there we go. And then we went home and you lived happily. Ever. And, and then when we, you
2: go to the medic, how bad was your hip wound? No, it wasn't bad. It was just a, a shrapnel. It was just
3: shrapnel. And, uh, except it was stayed in there. he couldn't find it. And then it sort of popped loose. Um,
2: how many days later?
3: Uh, how many days? I don't know how many days, but it was on the next mission. Okay, it was yeah, like yeah. This so next day
2: you're on another mission, and the shrapnel from the last mission finally emerges <laughs> It wasn't emerges the next
3: day. I know, but you. Okay. Yeah,
2: yeah, but still, that's okay. That's part of the story, Tim, and that's just okay. amazing. Okay. okay. Well, okay. I mean, that was you know,
3: um, yeah, that was. Uh,
2: so I've never uh, felt th- like
3: that in my life, man. Yeah,
2: and so for the third mission, Charlie is still Charlie's still a one zero, or have but, anything else has changed with uh, R- Art yeah. uh, St. Moccasin at that
3: okay. time? I wanted to say one thing. Please, as we were running back to the helicopter, yeah. we ran by these three guys, and I had an individual. He ra- was running right next to me, and he grabbed he grabbed one of the SKSs from those guys, and that that was the one they put up in the, on the wall at the 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 uh, the lounge there at four. The before. Was
2: oh, that right? It was the
3: first weapon Yeah, you and know, that was like, <laughs> are you kidding? Yeah, you know, but no, but I mean, that's that's what I don't know how long it stayed up there. Um, I think Doherty. I think Doherty stole that thing, took it home with him, but I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> man, that you know, I, I can't remember. So anyway, we go back. We end up going back to. Uh, <clears throat> I you, I'm still at I'm still at um I am the lowest man on the totem pole, right? Right. So I was still at at Contum. And so they loaned me out. I swear to God, You're a, you became
2: a strap hanger because uh, you you did good under fire. Uh,
3: no, that's not the reason. It's well, uh, because sure. I was, you know, I did what they said, you know. And, uh, it, uh, I don't know what the reason was, but, the, well, it's because I, so was, in e, I was in then. E4. Yeah. So I ran a couple missions with this other guy, and I don't remember his name. Um, Watkins said his name was Martin, but I can't remember his name. And uh, that was weird because, you know, I didn't have any experience with it. So we went out... Uh, a couple of times, you had
2: experience on the ground. You directed attack air very well, so your reputation <laughs> was growing. It. You may not be aware of it, but no. your reputation was growing within the camp. That's oh, for sure. I don't think I don't think so. Well, okay, but you
3: know what? Here, here's the thing: the first time I walked in, remember, so,
2: I have executive privilege here.
3: I know this is your program, man. <laughs> I mean, like Joe Rogan, jeez, when are you going to go on his show? That'd be and I'd love to see that.
2: And Joe could come here. I'm kind of busy right now. I don't
3: know. <laughs> This well, is Jocko turf, man. <laughs> well, was Jocko ever on Joe's. He's been there a few times. Uh, man.
2: When if when uh, Joe guys. when Joe first went to uh, Spotify, one of his first guests was Jocko Willink. Is that right? For as a sidebar, yes. Well he's
3: he's I mean
2: he, he I forget he, how many million views he had, but he had like Buku. Is, is right?
3: million views, yes. Jocko is is uh he's a presence for one thing, but he's he's a smart guy. He looks like a well, you know, he's a warrior. he doesn't look like who he is, man. He's a he's a he's a bright, articulate man that's uh, has all that experience. Anyway, I wouldn't want to tangle with him <clears throat> in the dark alley. I would not. Not without a Car 15. Indeed. <laughs> but he. Um, so you going your third mission? I'm going on third and fourth. No. With a no guy you don't know. A can't guy remember. I don't know. He. he I, you I, had he only, two dry targets. One, one was Cambodia. We went into Cambodia. There were just the two of us. And, you had changed and we, were on, rules we were on the ground for too, we were on the ground for ten minutes. Really? What happened was we we. You've been in Cambodia. Oh yeah. So it's different than Laos. Very different. And we got there. I, all my stuff, you know, before that. Not not that I had that many missions before that, but you know, it was just completely different. We get in this old, <clears throat> ancient, forest. Does that make sense? Yes. And we didn't know it. I don't I don't think he had the experience either uh, this this uh, this fellow uh, because um we both jumped out of the helicopter. Oh, I can't remember what. I think they were Hueys. You know how in you can only take uh, six guys on two Americans. Silly stuff. Only four in didge. No could, white phosphorus. No white phosphorus and no tack air. No Just tack gunships, air, right? Just gunships. Gunships. So uh, we dropped in and looked. You know, fair, fairly open, it, old, old forest, and it was it, it was a apparent that it was even older than it was like because we when we dropped out we crashed. Just didn't look like it was that thick, but there were like branches on the ground and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Well, it was like it must have been twenty feet thick. We no. dro- we dropped down at least a dozen feet. We're looking straight up, and it's scary because you're you got all these broken branches around you and you can't climb up you can't you can't get out you can't get out, so they had to uh drop uh, ropes to us and pull us out. no, yeah, yeah. And then we just went back. That was that was that you know, Okay, that's a I don't mission. count it as a mission. But it was hey, a, if you're
2: on the ground I count it. Okay. Indeed. But,
3: but I I told you I didn't count missions. I Indeed. I, I did count. I counted days. <laughs> I did thirty one days in Laos and uh one day, one little thing and then uh, in Cambodia and then three days in North Vietnam. So I had what, thirty five days.
2: Thirty five days on the ground. Yeah. <sighs> So you get back,
3: what's the other mission?
2: Was that one of note? or then did you get to team? Because you and Pat ran a couple, of which you've uh, had some interesting stories.
3: Well, Pat, uh, that was on that one I just described. Right. Um, Let me think, let me think. Uh, Well, uh, maybe jump ahead. Because you uh,
2: you are so many different teams. So at one point you leave
3: Moccasin. No, I wasn't on Moccasin. It was Anaconda. Anac- okay. Pat's team. I think it was, it was a Moccasin or ASP. I think it was Moccasin. His first team,
2: but I I'm forget. not sure. Yeah.
3: Um, but he ran missions with his team, and then he strap hangs with us in the Hotel Nine. line. God, what the hell? Yeah. And <laughs> you know, when I think back on her, I just thought, man, this bitch, and he's coming with us. You know, yeah. at the time. Uh, the first time, he was good buddies with Fred Zabotowski. I don't know if oh, yeah, you. Oh yeah, of that. course, yeah. But we were all those guys were there, man. Bob Howard was there. I didn't know who Bob Howard was, but Pat said he was like at that time the S four. Sure. He strapped, hanged, not with the recon, but with uh, the, the hatchet, hatchet force.
2: force. And that's when the That's when he had some of his nominations for Medal of Honor. Absolutely. Was it's three of had, them. He said we need help, so Bob comes out of S four, puts his gear on, jumps on the chopper, and goes yeah. out. Can and I, then, yeah, can, one have, th- and this is all 68. Right. He was nominated three times. The third time was the one well, that uh, they, they paid attention to and approved
3: it. And when you have somebody like that stand out from these guys that were there, I mean, yeah. these guys, you know, there's Snake Adams, there were, uh, well, you know what, uh, Jerry Shriver, who was, I did have an encounter with him one time. <laughs> and I'll t- i i got to tell you, have I told you about this? No. I didn't know who he was. I mean, he no. had told me he was. You know, I didn't know. But it was when Pat and I, honest to God, honest to God, it was when Pat and I went over to have beers with Zabatowski. I didn't know who Zabatowski was. He was just a friend of Pat's. Sure. But it was right after that incident uh, where they put him uh, in for the Medal of Honor.
2: Yeah, where he rescued people from a burning helicopter. He had, yeah.
3: yeah, and he lost uh, Doug Glover. Right. Uh, he told us about that whole thing, as we said. He told us about the whole thing. Really, sat there and had beers, and we didn't know he was put in for mental honor. Yeah, he might have, but he was like
2: great guy, just, just down to earth.
3: He's like he's kind of like, you know, like Pat in that he's very professional. He was a fellow Trenton, New guy. Jersey resident, one of <laughs> was the six
2: six men from Trenton, New Jersey who served in SOG.
3: So, so Pat and I are going over to the club. Yeah, and uh, it was during the day. It was probably it had to be late afternoon. It couldn't have been ten in the morning. Like no, no. no that's right. <laughs> like oh God. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so I'm like you know, I'm like the baby, you know, sure. really. You know I'm I'm an E4, I'm twenty two years old. I'm I'm just, you know You're
2: still learning the ropes even though you've run several missions, you're building up yeah your experience but these guys, in the field. I
3: swear. You walk into that for me, yeah. When I walked into that club for the first time, I could feel I swear to God I could feel the danger in the air
2: yeah. <laughs> or people would experience
3: No, no, I wouldn't put it that way. I just felt the danger in the air. You could smell it bad. These are bad motherfuckers. I can I yeah. say that? Can no, say you can't it? say, it. Oh, sorry. Um, but I'm sorry. But'm no, I mean, yeah, I understand. There just there was something different about that place that I'd never experienced before, and that's the absolute truth. And I walk in and uh, there's a guy, the bald guy. Sitting in front of the door, he's like ten feet away, but he's facing the door by himself, sitting by himself. He's and I remember this, and I don't remember everything, but I remember this. He had a a a six pack of beer in front of him, cans, cans of. Mm -hmm. I don't know how they did that then, but he was drinking beer. Didn't have anybody else. He had. He was. He was shaved head. And I walk in the door. Pat's behind me. I don't know why. But I walk in the door, and he starts screaming at me. I had no interaction. I'm looking like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> and he, I didn't even, it was gibberish, man. I didn't even know what the hell he was talking about. Maybe it may I mean, was, a foreign language or something. It was yeah. Shriver. Yeah. Shriver. No kidding. And so uh, Pat walks in behind, beside me, and, and, uh, and I guess... Uh, Fred. Zabata- Fred saw him and then he stands up and he yells at Zabatowski, stand down, or not, he yells at uh, Shriver, stand down, shut up, or something. Yeah, yeah. He says, uh, shuts up. Yeah. And then we just walk over to the table. That was my only interaction. With and I didn't know who the guy was. I didn't know him after he right. told me I didn't know. Him. But later on, they said, yeah, that was. Uh, yeah, Larry was him.
2: and the Jerry Mad Dog Shriver had ran missions for several years and finally was uh KIA and out of Cambodia in April of 69. Well, that got- After he'd done a tour, he had done a TDY up at CCN. And that's where I had my close encounter with Jerry. But nothing, Oh, really? Nothing was it like, not like that? A, <laughs> nothing as dramatic as yours. We'll just let it be at that. But, you know, Eldon Bargewell had the mission where he was shot in the chest. and But they were in a base camp. The next day, Mad Dog went in with his hatchet force. They filled fifteen helicopters with documents, weapons, supplies.
3: I seen I seem to. I yeah, March sixty
2: nine. But we're getting off my your story. So no, but that's, when that's you, interesting. When do you? It's get, an
3: interesting aside.
2: Indeed. Sure. So when do you run with end up running with Pat? Are you ever on his team? I'm trying. Or do you two just keep strap hanging together? Well, here's what become happened. Become strap hanging buddies. We, we
3: did that thing. I think we were up there for a month or a month and a half. And then what happened was we were sent back to FOB um, uh, four. And then Doherty left the team. He just disappeared. He didn't say goodbye or anything. But And that's okay. And I understood. I think he had a family. So he's gone. So they took me off of Anaconda. Uh, this is in March. And put me on Crate with Kim Budru.
2: Oh, no kidding. Yeah. Sure.
3: And he was a mean I mean, he was, he was like uh, a lot of guys didn't get along with it because he was like, you know, sort of uh, rough around the edges. Yes. Smart guy. Very I got, smart. I got along with him really well. I liked him, man. <laughs> I loved his demeanor. Once
2: you got past that gruff exterior, he's, he's a sweet man.
3: absolutely right. Yeah. yeah, But that was, but there was there. That was there for sure. Oh, yeah. And it was just the two of us. He, he didn't have any other. Oh, okay. Other okay. Yeah. okay. So there what was team, just the two of us. what was his team? That was Crate. Okay. And so Thank you. So we went, <clears throat> and this is the thing with Pat. We were sent up, again, two teams were sent up to uh, CamDuck to run missions out of CamDuck, uh, you know, which was a launch site. Sure. And uh, so uh, our team, Pat's team, and then uh, uh, Budrow and myself. I and by remember. now
2: we're talking end of March, early April 68, before CamDuck got overrun in early 69. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah.
2: I mean early 68, May
3: 68. There were signs. When I you know, when I first flew over, honestly, when yeah. I, I didn't know anything. I yeah. know, you know I don't know military blah blah blah. All all these big guys know a lot more. This is the low lights E four spec. I was flying. a low, but we're flying in uh, the first time I flew into Camduck in by helicopter, and I see Camduck, and it's surrounded by mountains.
2: Yeah, and you're going like And the bottom
3: is like it's a bowl, and I'm thinking to myself, you know, if they put they put some artillery up on that, these guys wouldn't have a chance. Yeah. You know, it's on brain surgery. I don't think, but you know who had the French had a, a fourth year or a installation there before the French.
2: Yeah, they had a bad habit of putting bases in in, in valleys,
3: in bad areas. Food, heard, yeah. 54, exactly, yeah. 54 yeah. Fool. Uh But anyway, that was so. I'm thinking. I mean, you're going Camda, WTF times, too. and they have more. I don't know. You were out. At, were you ever at Cambodia? Never there because there? I, by the
2: time I That's landed, right. That's it was right.
3: you were at FOB One already. Yeah. Well, there were a lot of leeches out there. I got to tell you. <laughs> we always remember where the leeches were, and we so <laughs> so uh, so anyway, at, at that time, uh, Pat's team and my team with but with, with Budra, we were sent out there to run a mission. We got there and the weather was so bad we had to wait like three weeks.
2: Yeah, and that time that's when you had the gunships that were got socked in with it. That's the beginning of the judge and the executioner, with the uh, 176 muskets. Cause they got weathered in up there. That's when Pat and oh, you guys right? got close to them.
3: Yeah. Uh no no it was at uh, I got close to them at Mylock. Okay. Mylock, but that was. Uh,
2: but they were there. And they, well, the, the, your story is you're there. So wouldn't they get the mission there. going?
3: Okay, so uh, you anyway, can't
2: because it's such bad weather
3: it was bad weather bad weather we were going in by, we were going to go in by ourselves we were going to go into this area um, that uh, there was a lot of slash and burning at, at agriculture yeah. right and so we were planning on going in having probably to move at night
2: and just for our viewers again the slash and burn was the way the the primitive Laotians, would come in and slash an area they they would then farm it and then when the soil got <clears throat>
1: according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions
3: apply. And go. Well, they would you know, They would burn it to, and be able, well, maybe
2: slash and burn maybe slash and burn well either ways, yeah, that's the way but you had You go from extreme jungle right to a, an area that's wide open the
3: island would be a, a big patch of jungle and and they had these open places and um we had never been into one i hadn't been in one so i didn't know what to expect contrast it was to a contrast it. it was, it was different canopy. it was oh, different yeah. so we we ended up here was the deal. We were going in, we were going in, and finally, uh, late, in the, late in the game, they sent a captain out who, who volunteered to strap hang. And his name was, uh, I won't tell you his name because...
2: No, um, no he, he wasn't one of the good captains.
3: Well, well, I'll tell you about it. because so, so that I can tell you the whole story, I won't tell you his name. But he, he, he passed away on the, his next mission. Uh, unfortunately yeah but uh so we went out we captain didn't know him from i guess i can't remember how much time we had to train with him not very much so he's out there and he goes on there we put him by by H 34s so for some reason i can always remember the type of helicopter you you remember most of those yeah
2: we had a lot yeah. of king bee inserts you remember
3: king bees are awesome
2: They spiraled uh, in
3: so so anyway um so we so were inserted into this area, and yeah. it was uh, we we were insert, inserted just before nightfall, because we we couldn't move around. We we got in there and we inserted. We stayed and stayed in the jungle area, and then we moved at night across these burn areas, right, slides and burn areas, which was you know problematic unto itself.
2: Yeah, because you still made a little noise.
3: Well, was I just hated to be moving around at night. night. I mean, you, you know, you know. I mean, it's But you followed
2: your 1-0s lead.
3: Yeah, we did. Yeah. yeah. And I and and uh re, we recalibrated the um, the next day. Let me digress a bit. So, uh, the 1-2 carrying the radio was uh, the Captain, and then we um, we moved at night through this open area. So the next morning, this is the next morning of the, the second day, uh, and uh, I'm laying there, and I've got about half of the indige on my left. We're facing the area that we just had walked off of. It's a wide open area. It's probably 200, 250 yards, uh, a slight rise up to a, a hill, and then it dropped off. you could see you could see to your right and left probably at least a couple hundred yards 200 250 yards directly in front of us and you're in triple canopy we're the thick jungle here but 10 feet eight feet Mm -hmm. it was nothing yeah so we're right on the edge and uh the good captain in the in the prick 25 are laying here he's he's facing this so he's next to me and the butter is on the other side of him and then half the other teams you know yeah ha- half uh, i don't know how many there were three and three and there's a, probably eight of us so i'm i'm laying there and we're trying to uh we're trying to make a comma with the uh brc25 we all had her tens um and I look out in front of me, you know, right there at the edge, and I noticed something unusual. The uh, the burn had apparently had taken place recently, so that our footprints, oh. the, the column or that we just, this area we just walked across was like something out of a cartoon, man. No kidding. Our footprints were like. You know, so a, any a tracker, blind man, a
2: blind tracker could follow you. A
3: blind man, <laughs> a blind monkey could follow us, and and so, and so uh, I'm looking at this like it's right in front of me for some reason. It's directly in front. I could look yeah, at it. and yeah. sit, You know, I I point that out to to Budrow and and we're we're trying to figure out what to do at that point. You know, and then uh, all of a sudden. That, that rise, just that rise in front of us, but 250 yards away. This first dude walks over the top of the rise, and then another one, and then another one. Thirty-two. I counted thirty-two. Whoa. Two NVA and the rest were Pathet Lao. Really? Yes. And they're walking. They're, I mean, they're like <laughs> they're they're walking. Yes, they're, they're, yeah, just, they're, they're <laughs> falling. Follow the dots. And they're walking directly to me, you know, at us, you know. Yeah, and yeah. we're just laying there going. And I'm thinking, and, and uh, oh, my gosh. The, uh, the good captain says, he says this, he's, and Budor is right here. And he says, uh, you all take off, and I'll shoot up the radio. What? Think about that for a moment and then let your hair, your head explode. <laughs> or our our communication machine. And we've got 32 guys walking at us, and they're still far enough away, but, but Budra said, I remember Budra's words. He said, that's okay, sir, I'll take the radio. <laughs> so he takes it, and he's trying to make combo with the pre-RC-25. I get out my ERC-10, and I put, you know, the little signals on yeah, there. You know, and the the range—I don't know what the range is with that—but somebody came on there. It was it was apparently like Air Force uh, yeah. planes. You know, they're
2: all—they they all monitor that emergency frequency, right, from New York Tens.
3: And I get somebody on there, um, and they somehow make comma with our guys, and it was like, yeah, we had comma. But the problem was, you know, if we had comma when these guys first showed up, I mean, we could have lit him up because the prospect of us not being in a firefight with him walking straight towards us was, uh, it was, you know, we, we were more than likely going to uh, have a confrontation with these guys. I didn't want, I wanted her to be out there rather than 10 feet from me. Yeah, absolutely. But we didn't have commode at that time. By the time we got it, these guys were too close. And so... Um, they walked right up, right in front of us. One guy empties a, a full mag of uh, AK-47. We couldn't couldn't see us. We're behind this little sort of a natural thing, uh-huh. and we're flat as piss on a plate, right? Right. And thank God, all the did, none of them fired around. Didn't react to this guy firing. You know, <laughs> Oops. <laughs> all this, all this uh, wordage, you know, whatever, yeah. whatever. I can't remember. We, you know. Uh, probably uh, I don't know, but they uh, so they they had they were talking, you know. that th- was like, and they came in here. You, you find out later on from the uh, from the interpreter they came in here. We've got that. Uh, so what they did was they split. They decided to split their team and go around the vegetated area and find to see if there were any uh, tracks moving out of them. So, Whoa! You know, coming out of there. So we're listening to this. I didn't know, what, but I mean. They're, like, right there, oh. literally right there. They didn't want to come in there. That's my, you know, I speculate on that, obviously. You know, they, they didn't want to go in there. But they, they, they split and went around, and they were on their way around. We finally got Camo. The, they left three guys right in front of us, didn't have weapons. All they had were bags of um, hand grenades, anti-personnel mines, and they were putting those in right in front of us. Really? Yeah. Yeah, three of them. No kidding. Three of them. In fact, when the helicopter, the the King Bee got there and it lands here, these guys just dropped down we ran right by them going to the helicopter. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So that was that deal. We got out and it wasn't. Yeah. So we really didn't get into a firefight, but it was. And we also supposedly the fast movers found them in a ditch somewhere and unloaded on them. So. There was that. I didn't plan on going into that one because that was but different. It's a little different.
2: Yeah. So is this. So when do you get on Pat's team?
3: I was never on Pat's team. He's a strap
2: tongue yeah.
3: After that, no. Pat was. We were. We spent like three weeks there at Camduck. You know, we played cards every day and all yeah. that. So we got even closer. But I wasn't on his team then. And then we were sent back, all back to, um, back to uh, FOB four. And this was. Um, Because right around uh, June is when— No, it was April. April. He goes up
2: to Quezon.
3: Well, we did. Yeah. uh, He—what happened there was— And Boudreaux
2: went with you then?
3: No, no. Boudreau was taken off the team, and he was made covey. Okay. And so they made me a—they said—well, they they made me a 1-0 when they sent us up to Quezon. But they sent us up to Quezon because on uh, April 10th, uh, King bees flew out of— F um, before they had um, five one zeros, including Will Cox. And oh, yeah. Watkins was on the other King B with uh, some other guys. He's the one that went in. He told me that. Uh, I think I can tell you this because I, I think he's probably. But the King B with the five one zeros on it that was hit and crashed and burned. Well, they didn't want. <clears throat> They didn't want to admit that uh, these guys were hit. They didn't want to do the, um, you know, they didn't want to go through that. And there was speculation that, uh, you know, the officers or whoever made the decision. We were we had had too many casualties. I mean, it was...
2: Oh, sixty-eight 68 was our historic year for worst casualties.
3: Before, after those, there was Cardoza, Wilcox deverell i think he was a, a captain uh, brian aubrey bryant good guy there were five of them um and they boom um they were down they hit the mountain um watkins uh helicopter along with um i think a, a feller was in there in fact right he, he was he was Watkins was going to get on the helicopter that went down, and and Feller said, "Come on over, come on, we got more room on this one." Right, he would mentioned that. Yes, unbelievable. The luck or the, you it know, wasn't his time. You can say what you want, but it's that's what happened, and and so he he went up. there. he and Feller, I think, a uh, great guy, uh, red, red hair. And he, uh, they went back up to the the site. Uh, Pat said, uh, "I won't give you too much of that because I think he probably went into." Anyway, they had to collect the the remnants of the uh, of the uh, fellows, and uh, they got back and the. Uh, I don't want to go into that. April
2: tenth. That's okay. That wasn't your mission. But then you guys do transfer to
3: case on. We got back, and it was so. I, I think I didn't realize it at the time, honestly, but. Um, it was a depressing place at that time. They were just... Sure. And uh, and I don't know if, if Watkins had to go or whether he wanted to go just to get out of there. That wasn't clear to me then or now, but they sent both of us up there. So just Pat and I up to Kaysan, I'm a one-zero hey <laughs> i'm thinking hey i'm pretty bitched right yeah. you're not thinking about yeah you're a one zero because yes. of attrition and so i got up there and i had a brew team i was the only american on it they had no name the name the, the teams up there the the brew teams didn't have any names did really? you know that
2: well his was rt uh, ST lion
3: was it up there yeah well, I didn't have a name.
2: I don't know how you could have been a
3: nameless wonder. They could have had a name and didn't tell me. <laughs> for all I honestly, <laughs> oh, Pat was great. So we got up there. We're king bees. We jump off the king bees. We run directly to a ditch, and we're welcomed by one five twos out of Co Rock. Oh yeah, four seconds. You hear this? <sighs> boom boom boom, and four seconds later, so we hit the ditch. So we were there. Pat and I were both there, and we, there were limited opportunities to run missions. So we ran these ops at night, and uh, there were still bad guys. You, know, you could hear them at night. Sometimes you could hear them at night. Oh getting, yeah, digging. Uh, but they, uh, you know. And then there was a period of time where we you're supposed to get hit at night, or you know, there was one two mm-hmm. that came up. If you want to explain what a two hoy is,
2: that's an NVA that surrenders, and he says,
3: "I want to work with you guys." and I'll give you intel of value. There was a there was a Chuhoy that walks along the road. We're right on the road, right? Walks along the road. Walks into. This is a story. I wasn't. It didn't have per, personal uh, connection to it. But this was a story. He walks right. He walks into the Marine compound and goes down into, into a bunker and wakes up a Marine. <laughs> oh my god! So anyway, that yeah, was that deal. But we were there two and a half months. Smitty was there. That's where I met Smitty. Uh, Brave, brave man. That that son of a gun was tough. And so at the end of, uh, well, I'll, I'll, yeah, I went on one mission. Let me just give you a
2: little context here. Okay, cool. Because this is from on the ground. But again, it's Pat Watkins' story. And by June of 68, Staff Sergeant Pat Watkins had been running recon for over seven months. And had been some of the worst of of what that could entail. In fact, the run of luck Sog had experienced from December sixty-seven to April sixty eight, all your time frame when you're running missions, had been about the cruelest he could imagine. Of the original fourteen team leaders who had started out running recon with him in late nineteen sixty seven, only four remained alive.
3: And we're not talking about wounded. We're talking about gone. Yeah, gone or KIA
2: <clears throat> for sure. It's right, just like right. Ah, uh, that's the context. And here's your, well, what you're in. Now you're a case on.
3: Well, the thing is, looking back on that, you know, at that time, you, you know, it was different. You know, it wasn't like we lined up with a hundred guys to our each side and had some big battle where bodies are everywhere. Right. When guys went out, you know, a team didn't come back. There's three guys and they're not there anymore. You know. Yeah. But after a while, you realize. You know, but it didn't have for me anyway because I wasn't I wasn't as smart as Pat. I didn't know what was going on. None of us were as smart as Pat. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with that. Yeah, but uh, he was. Um, but but it wasn't. It at the time through that process for me because I'm I yeah I lost half of uh, that brain. Uh, he um, uh, it, it didn't seem that. It was just what it was, you know. Yeah, you're, you're dealing. With, you're playing
2: the cards that are dealt to you.
3: I, I didn't know too much later. You, you start reading up on this, and they they talk about the dark year of '68. And I'm sure. Thinking, you know, that's what we. That, that was year, your year. <laughs> that was yeah. my year, the whole year. <clears throat> so anyway, we got up to Kayson. Uh I strapped in a couple of times. I went behind Co Rock uh, with a team that. Uh, um, I don't. I don't even think I remember. I do remember the guy's name, but uh, um, you know, you go out. I don't know if you ever strapped to hang with anybody, but sometimes did not. You, you you don't know the guys. You don't know the yeah. team. You don't know how they how they move. You don't know you, you, that lack of Because be, Every team had its own rhythm. Absolutely. Yeah. And if you don't have that rhythm with that team, uh, it's disconcerting. It's you know, I'm like. So it, then, a quick question here yeah. would be, from that time in
2: June until you became the one zero of Alabama, mm-hmm. was that when you had the seven-day mission that no. we were going That was afterwards.
3: Seven-day mission was after. And, and all will uh, geez, I didn't realize I'd be talking about all this stuff.
2: I know. Well, that's why but we're here.
3: Well, you draw this out of people, man. I that's know. You,
2: What's your story? your voice. And that's what it's makes like, it uh, so... Now uh, oh, makes our know. SOG history unique. Well, again, let's, let's, let's put away the modesty hat for a second. My 68 what? was a modesty hat. We'll just put it away for a second. You're running <laughs> missions in the, quote, the darkest year of SOG for terms of casualties. You're at caisson. And then if you don't mind, if there's not a mission that sticks out in your mind, we could go to eventually you and Pat come back to FWB1. You're down here You're on Alabama. You do the practice mission, which we opened the segment right, with. Right. At some point, um, the brass makes a decision to
3: because you're a lowly E four, you weren't. I was or, in E five at that time. You're a sergeant at that time. When I got to Alabama, I was a sergeant. Okay. There was one more mission that we, that thing we ran at Co Rock, we got shot down coming out. So shot that, down coming out. Yeah, it was King B. Whoa, no. But kidding. it was a it was just a hard landing kind of deal. Okay. Uh, but anyway, yeah, I got over to, to Mylock. We were the first guys there at Mylock. We were sleeping above the ground, and oh. I had, still have my brew team. And, and just again,
2: like... for our listeners and viewers, <clears throat> uh, we had FOB3 was at Quezon. Correct. They closed it down at the end of June. They opened up Mylock as a new camp that was a little further west of Quezon. About 10 clicks. 10 clicks or so. And that's where you landed with Aldon Barge and a few other people. It was actually east. East. The east of Was it east? Okay. Well, See, you were there. West uh, is uh, Right. You're there. You're in Prairie yeah. Fire. But anyways, yeah. it's my lock, and you're there launching missions
3: out of a new base. We didn't run any missions uh, during... I was there for like three or four weeks. It was more... There were no missions run at, except for locals, you know, to... To, to kind of make sure if there were any, because we didn't know. We yeah. didn't know what the territory was, so we had a lot of locals. And your defensive perimeters <clears throat> at Mylock were thin. We had no. Non-existent. Initially, we had no way. Anyway, the guys are, you know, filling sandbags, man, and digging trenches until the <sighs> until the uh, engineers got there, and they started building some of that stuff. Yeah. But see, we were sleeping above ground, man. <sighs> and my little my little brew uh, you know. I, yeah. They come up and want me to tell them about America. Bring, Is that right? They bring an American magazine, you know. Just, and I remember this. And I had a, a hammock, you know, when it was raining. And they yeah. all gather around me, and you know, you didn't work with a brew, but they were all very touchy. You know, they'd come up and they oh, have yeah. to be touching you. Sure. And and unique, unique human beings. Just, you know, literally the, the most primitive tribe in Southeast. They, they were can had been cam, uh, cannibals. I had one kid on my team was a, admitted to being a camel, cannibal. He Is that used to right? Joke. He'd come up to me sometimes. He'd squeeze my arm and giggle. You know? yeah. like it was a joke. Because <laughs> everybody knew he like Yeah, yeah that's yeah. the cannibal. Uh, they were Just they were,
2: don't get hungry when we're in a field. You know, <laughs>
3: it, they were so – well, we don't have time to go into that. But We have a little the, bit.
2: The, I mean, the Brew were one of the tribes, like
3: you said, they were the lowest of all
2: the Montagnards.
3: Well, I wouldn't say lo- they were the maybe the shortest.
2: They were the shortest, but also at the end of the Montignard ethnic change, we were told they were. But they were a wonderful people. They were the most, and they were fearless. And they no, and no. they could not. Well, the <laughs> ones that Pat had, and the ones that they could not throw a hand grenade for a shit.
3: <laughs> well, nobody over there could. They didn't. We were raised with baseball and football, man. Indeed. You think about it. Yeah, they were. You know, even the Vietnamese that were cultured or sophisticated they they were raised on soccer they didn't yeah. I hated it when when uh, I wouldn't let my I wouldn't let the, the brew carry a grenade right you know I think you know they blow them, well they did blow themselves up once in a while yeah but my they, worst
2: wound was from my teammates chalice of a hand grenade didn't quite go far enough yeah <laughs> no
3: that's but they were but they were primitive. So I wouldn't say they were the lowest. They, they right. were the most primitive. And they're the most... Um, amazing people. Amazing, beautifully natural. They were one with the... Uh, I've got a theory about them being... They grew up in the jungle. You sure. Know? I told uh, uh, Bobby that... Uh, I, I believe I talked to him about this, that I have a theory about them. Because I had... Like, Ihi was my point man. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, we went out on this one mission... And we're, we're in an RON, you know, the, the wheel. Rest overnight, and, yeah. Right? And I've got my, I, I just, I don't know how you did it, but I just throw the poncho down and lay on top and hold. I had my uh, CAR-15 or M79. And I'm, I'm laying there, and it, I don't believe that I ever fell asleep, but I had to, right? You had sure. to. So you, you had to catnap, you know, seven days, you know, you know, you couldn't do that. Or any other length, that. yeah. But you're you're all you're, you know. You got adrenaline blowing out the end of your fingertips. You know, man, come back. Um, so I'm laying there. It's pitch black. Can you describe for me the the uh, blackness of a lush jungle in the middle of a night? In triple canopy. Triple canopy. It's darker than dark.
2: You it's can't the, see your hand in front of your face. You can feel it. You can feel the
3: breeze from your hand. You can't see. You can't the see. The darkest dark that that uh, um, Edgar, Ed, Edgar Allan Poe could imagine, <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, it's just, and, and if you let it get to you initially, you know, those first few nights. Oh, yeah. I mean, it could drive a man nuts. It could. But so again. I'm laying there. Yeah. So I have his appointment. This is just an aside, but all of a sudden, I don't hear. You know, I I don't hear anything. You know, usually hear something. All of a sudden, right in my left ear. Still remembers in my left ear. Sure. I hear this, Trunksy. I go shit. (laughs) (laughs) No, I swear to God. And it startled me. I'm like, you know, it's like. What the, how did he how did he find me and let little. alone my left ear <laughs> <laughs> right think about that yeah and I, I and, and then I, I said no no and hes like oh, shit. and he goes and he goes yeah and a few minutes later drunk C. And then nothing. No noise at any time. He could have he could have gone into North Vietnam. I swear I think I've told people that to, he could have gone into North Vietnam and killed Ho Chi Minh and or whoever it was. Is that who the guy was? Um and yeah, got no walk down. nobody had known he was there. there yeah. Nobody knew he was there. Yeah. Uh amazing man, not good in a firefight. Is
2: mm, that
3: right? Yeah. But he was he was uh, and he moved like a ghost. Of course, the brew did. That was the benefit of the brew, in my view. Sure, um, the greatest benefit. They were wonderful people, but they they moved like, and you could learn a lot from them. You know yourself. You learn from experience and did, digi- or anybody else that had experience. Anyway, that was that. So, so uh, yeah. So they kicked, so I ended up moving down from uh, Miloch to uh, took over Alabama. Um, we already talked about the uh, how we got together and all that stuff. So after that practice mission, we ended up getting assigned a, a mission that was uh, Ashout 2. Mm-hmm. There was some question about what mission uh, Black later uh, went in on, but that was the same mission. That was the same area. Did you know that? Where they went in and they were on the ground for nine hours? Right. We were assigned that mission. It was without uh stride stride wasn't didn't come into play there um uh, and we we were inserted i picked out three lz's first second third they were with king bees we primary lz was the nicest it was a nice big lz turned out to be the same one they went in on really yep wow we so fl- what
2: happened with your time on the ground there flying
3: thing we didn't get on the ground we get over over that LZ about hundred feet off the ground. I'm hanging out. I think Cowboy's to my right. Uh, a six uh, machine gun uh, uh, door gunner there. <laughs> we we come down on the LZ. There are three NVA on the LZ looking up at me. Really, to start run off the LZ. Yeah. So I am Cowboy, and I think uh, well, I know it. Cowboy opened up. Uh, we emptied a magazine into him. And the, um, the the door, door gunner, gunner, the A six, goes click. <laughs> 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 He's got his A six hanging from a frickin' wire, <laughs> you know? and it, won't, it didn't fire. It didn't fire. It didn't fire. Oh. So we're out of there, right? Zoom, boom. Go to the second LZ, and um, you know, you know how it was. Uh, in some areas, you didn't have that many LZs in the first place. Sure. And so, uh, so we go to the second LZ. We get shot out legit shot out didn't yeah. get, we start to go to the third LZ and I turn around and look at the indigenous lined up on the wall you know and their eyes are like bigger than uh, biscuits oh yeah big biscuit eyes and so I just there's no way any- I never heard anybody going in on a third LZ anyway and theoretically you've got one but the whole world knows where we they're there you and you got all the, the commotion whole reality, for the, yeah. oh absolutely yeah. there's so much noise yeah. no so we so we went back. So,
2: so again, let me just halt you for a second. Because yeah. this is an experienced one zero, with common sense, gets shot out of two LZs, and you think, for the benefit
3: of this team on this
2: mission, we're going to come back another day.
3: Yeah. 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 That's okay. basically it. And when we got back, we still had the target. And, uh, and Black and Key were there. Up until that time, I, I saw no problem with Key. I didn't see... You know, on that other earlier uh, firefight, I didn't see anything out of the ordinary.
2: Sure. So, like, let's just say this. At some point, you get the bad news that they're going to put Stride in as the one zero. No. No? You just no, get bounced? The,
3: here, let me very, yeah. very briefly, here's what happened. Uh, we, were, we still had that target. We were still supposed to go in there. We were trying to figure out uh, how to get in there. Sure. Whether we'd have to walk in or whether you have to go in by strings or somehow, because right. there were limited LZs. That first LZ was a no yeah, way. Yeah, because
2: by that time, there had been a couple <clears throat> teams that had repelled in the targets. Yeah, yeah, there yeah.
3: had, and we were just, you know, we're brainstorming. Sure. You know, like we always, you know, I mean, those guys are amazing. You know, the guys that we were, because it's all of this, you know, you go back to your hooches with a, a, a couple of drinks and you sit around and you say, what's going on here? Or at the Green Beret Lounge. Sure. We have McGovern, Spider we, Parks, Pat Watkins. We had all that experience. And, and Boudreaux. Boudreaux wasn't at... Uh, he, well, he, he wasn't it.
2: I remember him coming. Well, anyways, these are okay. experienced guys we turned to. Yeah.
3: So go ahead with your story. I'm sorry. Um, so anyway, we get back. We still have the target. We're trying to get in. And then Jax calls me into his office and said, well, Sergeant Stride is, is going to be... You're going to be retiring, and I never asked it off a team, but it was it was almost a year you know and um I didn't complain sure you know? and uh I mean you've been running recon for nine months i've been i you know i had been you know i just yeah. did what they told me to do, and i honestly it, I've never been so focused on anything in my life as when i uh, during that period of time, learning as much as I could from whoever I could learn. We were from.
2: like young sponges learning from the guys. you absolutely right. Well, you
3: know, yeah. at some point, you know, if I don't do this, I have to, you know, yeah. like, I don't know what's going on as much as I can. You can't, dis- you really can't disturb, uh, disturb um you know what's in front of you you know your future uh, whatever they call it you know uh, fate if you will you can't but you can try to do what you can do
2: play the cards you dealt you you don't want to die so Jax tells you you're going to retire now
3: well no no he didn't tell me that that was sort of known and I knew you know I was going to get off a team I can't recall exactly how that transpired uh, and uh, that was good. You know, they sent me on a couple of R&Rs. Yeah. And, Are you okay? I'm fine. They sent me to Taiwan. That was... Indeed. We,
2: yeah, we Yes. Yeah. But anyways... So, so anyway, then-
3: so, so Jack says, uh, so Sergeant Stride's coming in, uh, and uh, we're going to still go out. He's going to go out with you. You incorporated him into training. He's going to go out with you. You're going to be the one zero. He's going to be an observer. And I said, that's fine, right, because he's going to take over the team. That's a good idea, you know. Sure. So um, he didn't like that because I was just a – from his stride I'm talking sure. about. Sure. I was a a guy – you know, I was a kid, you know, and I was of E5, and I think he was an E7. Um, and it, he came from the old school, and I think he knew – my understanding was that he knew Jackson, Germany or something. And they that's, had a, yeah, a, a prior history. Territory. Right. So I I am only assuming that he went and talked to Jacks about this because he didn't like it. So Jax calls me back into the office a week later, or so. In the meantime, we're trying to incorporate him into training, which was difficult. Honestly, he he was a stubborn guy, and uh, a little so bit Jack's, out of shape,
2: a little overweight.
3: Uh, well, I don't want to. That's okay. I don't want to bag on the guy. No. But he's um. It, it was what it was. So Jax calls me in and I said, okay, this is just going to be a slight change here. You're going to be the—he's going to be the um, hes going to be the one zero, Sergeant Stride. You're going to be the advisor. I'm going to be the advisor.
2: Whoa. And that's
3: when my back sort of stiffened up. It was just the two of us. Yeah, Stride wasn't there. And, you know, I, w- I wasn't—I didn't cause a lot of trouble, but, I, you know— we had gone through that we had trained the team I knew the guys they knew me they apparently trusted me and all that kind of thing and you just don't do that to a team for one thing uh, and there's no way in hell I was going to go in with somebody I didn't know had no experience who was supposed to be the one zero at that point in time I had a lot of experience yeah nobody was going to do that so I said no thank you sir you know I i won't do that and and uh, and then he, he uh, I mean, he didn't yell at me. He said, well, that's the way it's going to be. I said, I'm not going. And I, and I told him, honestly, honestly, I told him, if you send that team in in that, in that way with him as the ones here, you're going to get, in that area, you're going to get somebody killed. I told him that. And then I walked out the door. And about fifteen minutes later, Sergeant Major Harris comes over. I'm laying on my bunk. I still, he says, "I don't know what you did, but you're out of here." That's his, his exact words. Wow! No yeah. kidding. That's yeah. when you went to Mylock. I was kicked out of Fubai, and uh, before I left, there it was, it was a while before the helicopter came. But Black and Engelke came in to me, and they're going, "What's going on?" And I said, "Well, this is," and I explained it to him, and I said, "You know, do it." Do what you want, one way or the other. It's up to you. Um, and so they 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 both said they weren't going to go out, but you know how it turned out. Yeah. Um. So that was it. So I I was booted up there, got off the helicopter. Clyde and standing right there, waiting for me. He had obviously yeah, heard about everything.
2: Well, he had served with he had served was tried tenth group also. Oh, did he? Oh yeah.
3: I didn't know that. I sure. did not. know. I don't but anyway, he we were he was a good man and, and yeah. I gotten along with him and, and uh, I walked over there and he, he, he actually walked me off and and, and welcomed me. Sure. really. And then sometime, whether it was that occasion or the next day or something, he said, you know, we have got some missions to run. Would you he, Clyde had an away had a way. He was a unique guy. He didn't order you know, he ordered you. But it didn't sound like an order, you know.
2: <laughs> well, he was a good officer. He really cared about his men. Well, you could he, tell he had been. He had uh, been
3: through. He was an NCO. He came up through sure. the ranks. Yeah, and he was. Uh, and he genuinely uh, liked his guys. But he also, you know, I, in, in some way, you know, he, your heart goes out to him because he had to make these decisions. So let me just dot a couple of T's and cross a couple of I's. One more. One just, one just one second. One more. Just yeah. one thing. Um, he had a way of making her order sound like a request. Sure, that was you know, was and he was like, good at, as
2: a leader. He was he at I, that time. He's one of our officers that we all turn to. Absolutely. Yeah. I, so I, uh, the things I wanted to cover was that so after that event, if you uh, on October fifth, Alabama went in, they lost three. It was a day long battle, which uh, now anybody has further interest in it, they can turn to saw cast number 27 and 28 for interviews with Lynn Black. Wow. Talk about that time on the ground with those missions. And also, of course, the aforementioned Jocko podcast number 258, interview with Cowboy, who talked about that day also. So I wanted to dot those T's. And then Lynn went on to continue his service and Cowboy just went on for two more years before he was wounded. It was like five and a half years. Indeed, total. So then let's get to your famous seven-day mission. Okay. I so see, you're at you're at Mylock? Is this at Mylock?
3: It is at Mylock. Like, uh, and um, <clears throat> Clyde um, requested. Yeah. <laughs> he said, would you mind running? <laughs> he said, would you mind running a few more missions? So I don't know who he had up there or what, uh, but they had him. I think they were... They wanted him to, to uh, send some guys you know, to, to put teams, a couple, at least a couple teams together up there and yeah. run, to launch out of Mylock, independent uh, <coughs> or semi-independent. Of uh, Yeah, because uh, at least Fubai.
2: the ST Michigan was up there at that time with Eldon. Was it? Yep. And then when they closed Mylock, then he came down. But Oh, man.
3: So you landed there. But your story is, let's get to your seven-day okay, okay. mission. So uh, he said that, and he says, I'll let you, you can pick your own team. Really, he said, "I'm (laughs) no shit. (laughs) I can pick my own team." (laughs) He says, "You can pick whoever you want, man." And that was that was like uh, that was like the carrot, you know. Sure, I would have done it anyway. Yeah, yeah. But it's kind of cool. So I ended up uh, first guy I picked was uh, Smitty. Sure, John uh, Smith. uh, Yeah, great guy, brave. You you know the bravery that he displayed at Mylock. You know when he went in to get. uh, Gary Matson, a uh, uh, right. body, and then Jeff Junkins. Sure. Uh, you probably covered all of that at some point.
2: At another time, but the, one of the key points was they were installing in their camp security, putting in bouncing Betty's. It triggered the bouncing Betty, killing Matson instantly. The impact picked up Jeff, landed him on top of one. They were in the minefields, and Smitty was part of getting them both out the body and Jeff.
3: Smitty told me this. Years later, mm-hmm. uh, I he just said can't imagine. He came down there in a jeep to pick him up to go take him back for chow, at lunchtime. He's driving his, the jeep up. Just as he stops the jeep, Matson raises up and they wave at each other. No. Yeah, I didn't know that. And then, and apparently, Junkins was behind him. That's right. what, That's what t- took. And you know, Junkins was later on uh, my, on my team, one of my team. Sure. Um, and that, uh, wow, that's uh, yeah. So, so the, I was there. just Give you a
2: little footnote to that one uh-huh. to give you the horror of that moment. Matson's killed instantly. Junkins is there, but they get him off and without igniting or triggering the bouncing Betty. We're playing poker three or four nights later. At he it. came down to be treated. At one point, he stopped us. He was complaining. That was at, in
3: Fubai, right? At Greenbury. Yeah, and he, yeah. Pulled,
2: he pulled something from his head. And we're all like on oh, WTF. He says, oh, he says, I'm still pulling out Gary. Oh, Jesus. Bone chips from Gary from his skull. So anyways, go to your seven-day mission. So you picked uh, Smitty. So I picked
3: Smitty. And then uh, I was picking the Indige. Uh They weren't uh, guys from that team I had before. Most of that team had had no experience and some were young i had to uh, get rid of some uh well put him on a hatchet for so he would save face but he was like he was like five years old or something he seemed like <laughs> he, he was just this little guy you know yeah and we took about i took about our op one night out uh, of case on and yeah. he, he I had him sitting right next to me and i could hear him <laughs> all night long and he was oh it was, it was pitiful so i put him I, you know instead of getting rid of him out yeah. the door i they took him, but he's—I mean, I don't know how old he was. Nobody knew that. So one, your team so. was? My team was—I uh, I was my point man. <clears throat> I don't remember the names of the, the rest of the guys. We got that together, and then a uh, 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 young lieutenant, uh, Mike Armstrong. Sure. Who turns out to be? I mean, he does look like it, but <laughs> he's like uh, six-two, maybe six. You know who he is. You, did, I just you know, know but by, by name. Now. Okay, that's all. That he never uh, never went out before, but he was really anxious to. And he said, "You know, I'll, I mean, he was very, very um, said you will never have any trouble with me." I follow. I just he's appropriate learn. in uh, his attitude. Absolutely. Yeah. And you know, sure that that was you had to have that. You're not going to have. So you get a mission, and
2: the mission is
3: okay. So no, so um, he's got size 15 shoe. <laughs> I'm serious. This is absolutely true. Those are bigger than John Walton's 14s. He's six two or three, but his feet look like all he needed was a red nose, and he looked he could join the circus with his. <laughs> sort of He's like this, yeah. but he's a great guy. Yeah, yeah, smart guy. Uh, as Smitty would say, he was like he was the best guy I ever saw uh, with a map, you know, with sure. land navigation, which which always helps, man. So we started training and, and we picked a team, and <clears throat> the mission was uh, uh, Clyde comes to me and says uh, there's, a, there's an area that's really deep in the Laos, and, and it hadn't been run for a long time, and the last two teams that went in didn't get off the LZ. One had gotten on the one got shot out the team, right. and then the, the latest one got on the LZ, and they had get pulled. Wow." So, but he said, but we haven't had any intel from this whole area for quite some time. I can't remember how many months. Sure, but it was way, way in, inside, so that the choppers when they and we were they were Hueys and we went in, they they didn't have much uh, air time. Sure, it's almost it was like, or almost an hour, fifty minutes, something like that. Long flight. Yeah. So I knew. So anyway, we were supposed to go in. They wanted it, it, me to. Uh, they wanted us to um, observe a, a section of Highway Nine, and it was one of those uh, general uh, um, reconnaissance. You know, we had point An area recon-, recon. Area recon. Sure. Well, it was, it was one section. So, however you want to term that, but there's one section um, off this pretty good sized mountain, looking down on Highway Nine. So that was the mission. So we trained for it not very long but this was still before the October 5th mission I'd gotten there and trained and we did that we went out on uh, September 26th 7 day mission and Clyde I know he did this because this little (laughs) lieutenant he told everybody whoever these little uh, lieutenants that we had running around there said don't tell uh, afterwards after the October 5th mission he didn't want me to know about it right he just didn't, he, you know, I wasn't going to do anything, but it, was, it would have saddened me, and it did. Um, but so I think it was, was it was right September 26, something around that. So uh, we get in, inserted with Hueys. Uh, we have gunships. Um, um, I picked out, we did a VR, I believe, and I we picked out, uh, it was a good LZ, going to the LZ choppers take off uh i notice right away and you know we set up a small perimeter and then you know yeah. sit there and listen for a little bit find out what's going on signal shots boom boom four signal shots within three or four minutes signal shots we're still on the L C. I i see a uh, there's a trail well-worn trail moving off you know into the direction Psst. We were supposed to go over here. The trail went that way, but um, and with the signal shots, I had to make a decision really fast whether to call the gun, the because the, the, they were on their way back already. Sure, they didn't hang around very long. There was a few minutes there where I could have called them back, but um, then there were signal shots, and then it was just I can't remember exactly whether it was too late or whether it was well, it was too late. Sure. Yeah, uh, that was a decision I made, and I and I thought, well, you rolled the dice. I, you know what? I took a chance. Yeah. And it was, um, it could have been disastrous because I decided to run down that trail. We don't run trails. We don't walk trails, right? Right. We ran down that trail, and I no. had, I, I wouldn't take point. So I'm here, <laughs> running down this freaking trail. The guys are after me. All, I didn't hear one bitch the whole time. That's that's the one thing. That's amazing. From any of the anybody on the team, yeah. they were like awesome. Yeah. Because we got immediately, it was like uh, stressful. Sure. You know, it was. It were, There was. And so we ran. You know, I ran, expecting to see somebody around the next turn, and then eventually we got. Shit! It must have been twenty minutes. I mean, we were running. To get outside that what I conceived as as a, like a it was box. A, a circle or a box or uh, how, to get outside of it, sure, we did. Wow! It's the only time I got rid of trackers. I mean, it was amazing. And uh, there had been some rain, and we had some rain. We each carried four uh, quarts of water, bladder canteen, and two. Which became an issue later on. Sure. So we ran off that thing and then I got into the <laughs> thickest shit I could find and we crawled for a couple of hours. Just crawled through the thick stuff and stopped yeah. and just set up your R O N for the night. We didn't move, man. Yeah. It was. it was like uh and we were in the mud and the oh. it was bad. It was it was bad. Ugly bad. But um but it's safe. But, I mean, I, I I could you know it was, it was very fortunate.
2: Yeah, but the change think, in tactics was obviously had a positive impact.
3: Well, I didn't even talk it over with the guys because there wasn't time. So no. these guys are running after him. What the hell is going on? This <laughs> <laughs> is to God. This is right there, man. Uh, um, right. So anyway, we did that. The next the next morning. Um, we started to move towards our destination. We did all this, you know. Yeah. It took uh, eight times as much time to get to where we were going. Sure. Um, and then we finally got to this, um, it was the third day, I believe, or the end of the second day or the beginning of the third day. And we had some rain, and, which was fortunate because that covered up, you know, our back sure. trail. <clears throat> um, and then the rain stopped. And it was it was you know it was um, you know how it could be, uh, and there was no rain, and we got up to where we, f- we found this big flat boulder that was stuck into the side of the mountain, and we just crawled out on it, and there it was, man. This, and it was open. It was like a, it was like a big, huge picture opening yeah. that, that the, the whole view was the valley and highway nine right in front of us. Wow. and it's flat. Yeah. <clears throat> and it's uh and uh and so, you know, on the side of the hill we we I moved down to it. I won't go into that, but um and the, so we set up, and we had we were just lying like this, I had a couple guys looking towards our back, but that wouldn't a, I mean, if we had gotten caught there, we had nowhere to go. But, sure. But we had uh we had done pretty well getting there. So um we didn't have any problems. As Set farce. up an op then, more or less. We we yes, and absolutely, and it was that for uh, two nights. Uh, we got what we needed by the end of the third or fourth night. I can't remember exactly.
2: So there's there's movement on the trail, on <clears throat> the highway nine. Okay, which so, you were duly reported or no? Here, here's here's here's
3: the deal. There, there wasn't anything during the day. Oh. <laughs> right? Natural. And then you hear, you know, the sun goes down and you hear this, <laughs> groan, 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 you know, all these freaking oh, yeah. truck vehicles and trucks. And and so what I did was, it, uh, it was, I don't I can't remember whose idea it was. It might have been Smitty. But, uh, okay, we take out a, our a compass, you know, let's get some, you know, at night it's got whatever it's got on there. You can see the sure. line at night. So I shot an asthma where these things start up we took two nights but we we shot on as az- where they were starting these motors and uh, we couldn't see anything during the day but once we knew exactly where they were you could pick them out you could see where the sure. where the uh, truck parks were we've we spotted three truck we found three truck parks three truck parks wow and at night they're just a <laughs> boom and um so we had all we needed i think i think it was at the it was the third or fourth day i can't remember exactly but by that time on the third day on the third day uh there was no more rain and i didn't want to go back you know sure uh, to where there was water because that's where bad guys are so i thought well we'll wait it out and see you know so we were without water for like two and a half days after we ran out of water,
2: and you're taking reports uh, of night activity on the road, yeah. Oh, yeah, sure.
3: And then, uh, any
2: chance it gets some tac air on any of that?
3: You know, Smitty uh, came out later and said, uh, "No, I didn't quote. No, no. What happened was uh, at the end of the thing, went down to Saigon and they they uh, set up an arc light and boom. You know, you know how it took like a month to set up an arc light. Supposedly, the arc light in the place like two days after we got out of there. Really? Yeah. But that's, I don't sure. know. But, uh, so we're sitting out there. A few things happened there. It's kind of interesting, funny. We ran out of food. I told the guys, you know, we're going to get in a firefight before we got out. I said, don't pack as much food and, and load up on ammo, you know. Sure. Which made sense to me. Well, we get in there and we're there for seven days. <laughs> and I took one bag of Indige rice. No. And a handful of those, remember those Indige uh, toffee pieces yeah, of candy? sure. I had a handful of those. And I had about a half a dozen uh, rolls of um, uh, uh, Lifesavers. Lifesavers. Oh, my goodness. Multi, multi-flavored Lifesavers. Indeed. And so by the fourth day, I'm sitting there at the end of the line there, And uh, I open up the pack of Lifesavers. I take one and I pass it down, you know. I think Smitty liked the green ones or something. <laughs> they, all all the way down, the Indige. I can't remember if we were in a pack, but it seemed like it was enough one pack. Yeah. We did that. That's. I think the Indige had more food. The Indige were especially the brewer, They were sneaky with the food stuff. Uh, <laughs> but I never I never asked them for any food. But uh, we didn't have that, you know. So we were out without food for like. Well, I was the dumbest. I think I took the last, the least. Yeah. And I, you know, I ate uh, half of the bag, probably out of food in that two days. So, um, so we're there in the fourth day and, uh, let's see. Um, so it was the third day we didn't have, we're on a one of the fourth day. Uh, because the there's fifth, no more rain. So there's so no more rain. Well, it started raining again on, uh the afternoon of the fifth day I think somewhere or the six, right. morning of the sixth I can't remember exactly but we had been without water long enough to really feel it sure and uh, when it started raining it was a deluge you know and and so everybody filled up the canteens and I can remember uh, uh, one of the just sitting there dry as a bone you know we're all we're up at elevation you know how cold it could get sure and uh, we were wet, we were soaked, and went through our ponchos, and we're sitting on this flat rock, and we're all, we wake up like the six, six, morning of the sixth day, and we're all shaking. like We've been shaking, I mean. Yeah. We're shaking all night long, you know, and I'm trying to get, a uh, Camo, I got Camo. Watkins came out, and he said, uh, Roadster, this is Mandolin, over. You can believe that? Man. Oh yeah. Of course you know my 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 code name was uh, Roadster. He was one of the few f- few guys that knew that. And Mandolin was sure everybody knew Mandolin. But that was so reassuring. Uh, anyway, but it was uh, we couldn't get helicopters into us. It was uh, from the fourth day to the, ultimately they got in because um, I think you you did a thing with uh, Roger. Uh, Roger Longshore, sure, did a great job. That that was excellent. He's a bright, he's a very articulate. guy. Oh yeah, great guy. They were going to have a, we'll see him at Soar next month.
2: Yep, looking forward to it. So they come and get. Uh, was there? You finally get extracted on day seven under fire. Was there any contact? Okay, here's the thing.
3: Yeah. Uh, so we got all our stuff and we're moving out. We're moving away. We know we can't get extracted where we were. We had to move back over the hill and down, and down another hill and then up uh, this um, uh, other hill. Pat on that day, on the sixth day, when he was flying over, he found an LZ. He gave me the coordinates miracle i mean that that night okay so we're moving on the sixth day we're moving towards that area that's when i came out into a semi-clearing i got hit with that giant asian hornet and i went down man and it was like instantaneous i didn't know what it was i thought it was just this big bumblebee you know you thought a sniper guy as big as a bird (laughs) really (laughs) hit me right in the forehead. And uh, you know it was it was painful, <laughs> and uh, and so we're we're doing that. And I took two Darvon, and uh, but it, I could feel it down my neck and on my shoulder all the way down. No kidding. Oh yeah, oh yeah, that was a. So we're moving, moving, moving. When we move to another area. We're moving towards our thing. I found we find this little. Um, off we could see this uh, off to my right. We could see this. Um, a little cave, what seemed to be a little cave. So we moved forward, and then I we came back. So we, followed, you know, watched our back trails, crawl back to the cave, and did all that stuff just before blackness set in. And the indige moved into the cave. I didn't actually go in and, and see it,
2: mm-hmm.
3: um, but um, the next morning they saw nests in there. Really? Yeah. They, but there are no apes in Laos, right? that's what they say so so I'm I'm on the I'm on the outside of the uh, the entrance to this little cave it's only about 15 or 20 feet deep it's a bitch in a little cave really and uh, (laughs) and I got Smitty right next to me and then Armstrong next to him like Smitty's like touching me right yeah I've got the prick 25 just outside the caves about you know uh, what is it? Three feet yeah. from me, so I could have the handset, but the the whip antenna could could be fully extended, right? Sure. So uh, so the sun goes down, and I'm we're sure you know we're like you talk about exhausted. Oh yeah. You're running on whatever fumes I don't know, <laughs> but you're not at the same time you're not um, you know that adrenaline keeps pumping through there somewhere. Sure. So. Uh, so pitch black, I don't know what time of night it was, but um, I started hearing this movement. And the first thing I thought was, how in the hell do they know we're here? I'm talking about the sure. yeah. Because I assumed it was NBA. Because for all the way, this arch all the way around me to, <clears> to my left, all the way around to the right, I could hear this movement through the whatever the leaves, dry leaves, and they're coming Okay. No I call up. Uh, who was it? Who is it? Like
2: Hillsborough or Moonbeam at night? Is that what? At the airborne command control center, and
3: I called, uh, asked him to, you know, we're surrounded, you know, da da da. We got to the point where um, I'm telling him, you know, I need Spooky out here, I need some help. So he called Spooky, and he said, Spooky's coming, right? Yeah. And the, in the meantime, these guys are getting closer and closer, and i I've got my. M seventy nine, which I usually had at night. You know, I like got Car fifteen M seventy nine, handset here, right? Right. And uh, we're not saying uh, Smitty's aware of them, but we're not. You we're not saying anything. They get so close. All I can do is, you know, just, sure, just squeeze the handset, and uh, and then all of a sudden, I feel this tug on the handset. The line between the handset and the PRC twenty five. Yeah, I almost I almost fired, and then that next sort of instant, I realized this had to it had to be NVA aren't going to pull on my. They couldn't see it anyway. Right, but the frickin', whatever they were the monkeys or the apes pulled on my handset, almost jerked it out of my hand. <laughs> it's true. Isn't that isn't that funny? That's I mean, amazing. That's, it's amazing. That's, it's like all of these little things, and I'm still wired, man. I've still got. I'm. Yeah. I'm loaded with Darvon, and I'm like, what? The heck? Am I? Am I imagining this? Yeah. And so, uh, as soon as that happened, as soon as that yank on there, somehow they communicated with each other, and all of them just moved back, moved back from where they came from. I could hear them moving away. Really. And that was it. The whole night. Do so you think they're monkeys or orangutans? I have no idea.
2: Have I
3: know them? they're. I looked it up. You know they've got gibbons out there, but they're jumping around. Usually in the trees, right. gibbons. Yeah, these guys are coming in on the ground. The next morning, we wake up before we move out. We look down. They're a nest and they're on the ground. I don't care what any of these experts say. Yeah, you know, they've never been in the middle of a lush jungle. <laughs> <laughs> There's stuff in there that we don't know about. Yeah. That's what happened there. So that was that was that was interesting. So the next morning I'm still there at the cave, and it's the morning of the seventh day. Yeah. And we are we are just sucking. You're wiped. <laughs> and uh so I got somebody on the horn. Uh, I don't I don't think it was Cubby, they weren't out there yet. They had a fly up, but I got somebody
4: mm-hmm.
3: and I said because they weren't coming again. Apparently, they tried to pick us up a couple of days before that, try to get out there, but they were socked in. And they had to go back. I think Lockshire covered that. But um, it was, uh, it was uh, problematic at that point. So I'm sitting there and outside the cave, and there's a hole in all of these clouds, and it's, like, clear. So I, you know, I get on the horse yeah. I said, it's beautiful out here, you know? I've got a hole, <laughs> no, I didn't say that i- I said the the sky is clear, yeah, uh or, or whatever I said, but I didn't say there's a hole. I said there was yeah okay. I mean there was a hole, but fortunately it started clearing up after I got off the because they started sending guys out there, so we from the cave we moved up to sort of a draw on on two sides, and it was a bamboo a bamboo um Uh, forest or or, uh, stand of bamboo Mm -hmm. Uh, but it it, we knew the guys were coming I had uh, uh, I knew how far or apparently approximately how far we had to get the LZ so we ended up I had to start moving them faster oh the other thing about the only other thing about the movement was uh, Mike Armstrong this is no kidding when we were moving, not that day, because we were moving him pretty was size pretty fast. 14 feet. 15. <laughs> I had to move, I moved the first half of the team, mm-hmm. and then I moved him, and then I moved the second half of the team. For hours and hours, for several days. I mean, when we moved if we yeah. were moving, we're not crawling. Right. He remembered that. I saw him, we saw him years later, the one sore that I think he came through. He had size 14 shoe, and he said 15. (laughs) We really did that, really did that. Because I was was really big into quiet, you know. Stealth was was our friend, obviously. But anyway, so we moved up that draw, and we started. That's when they started to get on us because um, I think they had been looking for us. We didn't see really any indication they were that close. Maybe the
2: monkeys told them. They could have been. They could have been calm calmness. Could have been
3: <laughs> NBA monkeys, but they uh, somehow we, we started making a lot of noise. Come, we're you know, bamboo? Bamboo is noisy as hell, and it was echoing. It was like <laughs> oh, here we are. So we got up and we went up that. We got to the LZ that Pat picked out, and it was like just where he said it was. It was on a. It was on an angle. It was uh, so um, a helicopter couldn't set down. You know, they right. did one of uh, these things. Uh, so we get up there, set up perimeter, uh, made camo. Uh, uh, Armstrong had the, the PRC twenty five. so said we got camo. Um, and by this time, we're starting to hear lots of noise from from uh, from our friends from below. Uh, and then uh, as we waited, <clears throat> I th- you know, you think about all kinds of Can we make a break for it? Can we get out of here? You know, we're getting surrounded. Should we do this? But I'm thinking, you know, there's no other LZ, yeah, this is it, you know, or or coming out on strings, and that's just Trying to avoid oh, it whenever. Oh, you geez, could. that's very problematic. Oh. So, so we stayed there, and uh, so. So they ended up uh surrounding us. I sent you know, we're on a slope um, so they hit us, you know, I could hear them, I could see them see their legs, and we got into a uh a, a big firefight um, and then um and that carried on for a while and and I can't remember exactly how long that was until the helicopter showed up, sure. By that time, there's all kinds of lead in the air, man. And the gunships come. Uh, that was uh, Lockshear. Mr. Whitman was in charge of those guys. Oh, that's right, yeah. So Mr. it's just Whitman. For,
2: for, again, for our listening, viewing audience here, we're talking about SOGCast number 026 with um, 101st Airborne uh, crew chief, Roger Lockshear, whose book is We Saved SOG Souls, and they did. In this case,
3: they're saving your soul. As well as your ass. Well, I don't know if I had a soul. But if I <laughs> but did, it, he saved it. Yeah. <laughs> along with my ass and yeah. everybody else. Yeah. And uh, and the other, I wanted to mention that the other door gunner on his helicopter was Scott DeArm.
2: Indeed. Um, the I, dynamic I, uh, duo.
3: Those guys are great guys. Oh, yeah. They still are. When we go every year, we go to Soar, especially when, when Smitty was still here. Sure. We'd have breakfast. Uh, uh, we'd always have breakfast. Yeah, did you guys buy them breakfast? Oh are you kidding? <laughs> I mean honestly, you yeah,
2: know? I'm not kidding, but that's okay. go ahead no,
3: no but I mean that was an exclamation, sure, uh, so anyway, the guys come in and uh, we're i mean we're we're killing a lot of folks and and uh, I think we had a couple wounded, but not serious um as I said it's a brew team, they're not as ferocious. From my perspective, you know, I don't know what you got from Pat, but... Well, everybody's team is different. You're, you're right. Yeah. But they, they... I mean, they're... Anyway, they were so the key point is you got out. Okay. Well, the helicopters come, the gunships come. Uh, we're still in this big da 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 And then finally, the the gunships think they have enough get their heads down low enough so that they're bringing in the slicks. Oh, my gosh. Before the slicks got there, I got to tell you this. They went initially down mm-hmm. on the other side of the mountain over over the bad guys. Yeah. And hear all this shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I said, you're on the wrong side, bro. You got to get over here, man. No. Yeah, yeah. So they came back around. Then we're there. And uh, so the, the slick pilot finally comes in. I'm laying up. Uh, the firefight's going on, except for me. I'm laying on my back with a with a panel. Sure. You know, like I'm, you know.
2: Land on me. Yeah. But they yeah, can't land because you got the angle.
3: Well, they're not going to land, but uh, yeah, you, you, know, you got the picture there. But uh, the pilot comes in, and he gets down. He starts to lower the slick, and then he just it, it gets down to about 70 feet off the ground, something like that. And then there's just this, he flares off to the left. Now, he flares off to the left, that's where the slope of the mountain goes yeah. it goes down. And uh, he just disappears. And I don't hear anything. I'm like, what happened? <laughs> 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 it's weird all about oh
2: my God. I got the radio
3: yeah. by then. And then what happened? And he says, uh, I can't get you out of there. I'm going to be shot down. That's what he said exactly and i'm i didn't say anything because you had well, never no, heard I that hesitated. before yeah well i i said i finally my retort was um if you don't get us out out of here now you'll never get us out and smitty remembered me saying that because he yeah. was on the he was on the radio too if you don't get us out now you'll never get us out That's and then what mr I said.
2: whitman comes up on the radio and said well
3: there was a, there was a point there was a I was paying very close attention. There was there was there was some there was some distance in time between Ooh. that and when Mr. Whitman comes on the line. I don't yeah. know how long it was, but yeah. it seemed like a long well, time. Well by this time your adrenaline. Is f- or your 20.
2: adrenaline is crashing through your body. And well, you, you know, know seconds become hours at that point. We've got time this is exhaustion
3: combined with this adrenaline and, and, and your adrenaline. head's still sore. My head is spinning. Yeah. They took a photo, and we got back. I still—it's my head's still uh, swollen. Oh my
2: God! Yeah.
3: Anyway, so so Whitman comes on there, and he's honestly—I can say this now. Yeah. Because uh, Mister Whitman, unfortunately, is gone. He's—he's he's not going to be uh, thrown in Leavenworth. Um, he said, um, "Go get that team or I'll shoot you down."
2: Yeah. Indeed. He said that. Historic.
3: He said that. Yeah. The and so the ship, guy, is, he's the guy, flying a gunship. He's flying a gunship. He's in charge of a set of gunships yeah. with uh, Lockshare, and, and they're all in the same helicopter. And Lockshare said he heard that on the radio. So That's in uh, his book. Is it? Oh, yeah. It's like, <laughs> okay, we got a chance here. Because I'm starting, already starting to think, well, we got to break out of you know. Then what's next? And I you're like, what the heck? It was, it was, um, so he said, and so here he comes, he comes back, turns around, um, the slick pilot comes down. He was right though. We did get shot down, but we got in the helicopter first. He, he lowers the helicopter. It's on an angle. The the hill's on the angle. All the Indians, they can't get into the helicopter. So I'm throwing up in the helicopter, Smitty and myself and, uh, Armstrong on the other side, got these brood flying through the air, got them up there. And, and, you know, the one zero is the last one on the, sure you know, and it's just, a, and I'm standing on the skids and they're taking off and somebody's grabbing me. I can't, I don't know who it was. Uh, and I just happened to be, when I'm throwing the guys on the helicopter you could see holes appearing in the side of the helicopter. Good God. Yeah. yeah. And I could feel, I could feel around. You just feel my, a vibration from the I rounds. could feel around in my back, you know, yeah. expecting to get shot in the back. And uh, fortunately, that didn't happen. So when I'm climbing up in the helicopter and I look down, I look, I am just happened to be looking, facing where the door gunner was. He's blasting away with his M60. It was one of those. No, it wasn't that. That was the slick guys. Yeah. Slick, yeah. But I happened to be looking at the, his feet just getting climbed in, and a bullet hole appears right between his feet. No. From the the yeah. floor of the helicopter comes right straight up, and I, I just kind of glanced up. It went straight up, didn't hit him. He didn't even know it. <sighs> yeah, so yeah. we got up, got over, and we took the same route as he did before. Just got over the top of the... Uh, of the trees yeah. and then started floating down and um you know it started smoking yeah we didn't have a lot of elevation you know so the auto rotation yes see, um we got enough air underneath there it floated down and finally um turned and started moving um uh i don't know what direction it was but then he went down. We we, cra- You know, it was just a hard landing. Yeah, still with all the rotation. It, it blew out the, you know, the skids. Skids, yeah. We landed right in front. I remember. Smitty, I remembered it too. We landed right in front of a real rusty uh, metal fence that was just right in front of us. I don't know. Anyway, we got out of that. I set up a perimeter. I don't know if, if Lockyer told you that he, – he told me long time, many years later, because they tried to find us for many years. You, you remember that story?
2: Yeah.
3: Because we, we went back in different directions. I sure. never saw those guys, never yeah. had a chance to thank them until 25, 30 years later. And um, it was exciting. But and,
2: so another helicopter came in, then you lifted off.
3: Well, they came in, and uh, yeah, and I yeah. can't. I I, I did some research on this because there were a lot of guys in one helicopter. We had like seven guys. Wow, you had the whole team in. We had the whole team in one. Oh. Heli- it was only one helicopter. Sure, but he he popped off the ground and sort of uh, dropped off and picked up uh, enough air. Okay, to fly the thing. But there was there was the crew of the the slick and plus us plus the crew of the second helicopter. Sure. And I, you know, he did it. Wow. And uh, in the meantime, I didn't know that Lockshear and Mr. Whitman, those guys were getting shot down at the same time. Sure. Didn't even know it. Didn't know it. Uh, So anyway,
2: that was So now some of the solid history is coming out. So any any Um,
3: final missions before uh, you wrapped up your career and returned? yeah. uh, Yeah, we did one more, or at least one more. That was with a, your Cl- no name team it was a no name the same thing except um, in place of a, <clears throat> it was a mission in North Vietnam and it had to do I still remember this because it was like a big deal. Clyde made it out to be a big deal to go into North Vietnam to, to uh, check this uh, uh, this area where it was known that all of these North Vietnamese troops came mm-hmm. across and it was a it was a mountain. It was a mountain range, but there was a – um, it turned out that there was a, there was a ridge on uh, On top. There was a – it turned out to be a road, not right. just a path. I mean, a frickin' road that was 20 feet wide. But we were sent up there because there had been a, a, um, an agreement. Of course, the North Vietnamese always kept their promises. Of course, they're honorable honorable people and uh no it had to do with um us promising not to bomb Haiphong harbor if they stopped bringing in troops through the dmz yeah, yeah
2: and and just for the record december 68 we were in the dmz for five days we heard the nva move through every night is that right true
3: well i believe that sure All right, of course just showing he- how honorable
2: <clears throat> calm these are
3: well we were up there and we so we moved in and we were in for 3 days we uh, um, uh, jeff jonkins took uh, uh, armstrong's place mm-hmm. jeff jonkins we all, we know him very well he was great on the ground oh yeah he was absolutely, he was a crazy man yep strong brave tough he carried uh, i told you maybe i didn't I, I might have been telling bobby cook last night that we, when we went, he took an M60 machine gun. He took 1,500 rounds. Yeah. He carried 500 he, and he broke down the other ones. And didn't like it, but he made him carry this extra <laughs> ammo. He had 1,500 rounds of M60. He's got it on a sling, you know, oh, like yeah. Rambo, just before Rambo. But he looked like a handsome guy.
2: Better looking than he's thinking Rambo.
3: Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, and just. Tough as hell and and solid as a rock on the ground. Smart, funny as shit. I still remember his laugh. <clears throat> sure. Um, of course, he's not with us anymore.
2: No, we lost Jeffrey Lynn Junkers a long time ago. Yeah. So that's your last mission, and then you wrap up your career in the army.
3: Uh, yeah, but let me. You want to hear about that mission?
2: We could be but, relatively quick.
3: Okay. Well, we we went up this uh, the mountain there. Yeah, and, in North uh, Vietnam. In North Vietnam, and there turned out to be steps going up. They had like a, a train, uh, you know, eight by eights. You know, Yeah. they made stairs out of these eight by eights that were probably eight feet wide up the side of this mountain. On either side, there were bunkers. Whoa, bunkers. Yeah, alternating. Uh, we got to that point. I felt like it was. Um, I ha- there was no uh, alternative but to go up this thing because left or right was, at that point, um, not a alternative. And um, yeah, so we went up. We went up the stairs. Oh, the stairway to heaven. <laughs> no, but I that mean, was like Jesus <laughs> Christ. I didn't have to do this. Yeah, things go through your mind. don't you know, Smitty was there and. Um, I-Hi was in the back. I would not, he would not take point again, which is fine. Anyway, so we got up to the top, got up to the top of the hill. Uh, I had to take a captain out with me. I got to tell you this, because I don't know. You can cut it out if you want, but he's a West Point captain, crew cut. I don't know if you remember. I don't even remember his name, but Clyde, they made Clyde have me take him with us, because apparently we didn't have the... We weren't, uh, it was a big deal, and we, we weren't responsible enough to bring back the straight scoop. so they sent this captain with me. Oh, so we're up there, and there's, there's four of us, four Americans, <clears throat> Smitty and, and, uh, and Junkins and myself. So we get up, we're zigzagging, going up the hill, the mountain, and, uh, and I hear this, something behind me draws my attention, because we can hear these bad guys, NVA, we can hear them singing and talking? No. Oh yeah. They moved, they moved along that road uh, one company at a time, which as you know was 60 men. Theoretically, 60 guys, one company of NVA. And so I turned to my left to look over and the captain's got his car 15 uh, uh, leaned up against a tree. He's got his pants down. He's lighting a cigarette what he's got three leeches on the head of his penis oh true true true. and i'm like this i'm I he smoke you know smoke's kind of we're like 200 yards underneath these guys and i'm going like this and i'm wondering wtf you know, it, times too it was funny and it was it was tragic <laughs> yeah. and it was scary as shit at that point so you know he went ahead and did that and we moved up there got to the top <clears throat> we found out we got to the top of the just the little ridge and we walked you know after a while we were observing for a little bit watched one company uh, walk through and then we we came up and Smitty and I walked up on the road and right in front of us they had a, wi- a widening of the road and they had these uh, logs that were placed around that section it was a break area it was a break area for them they love their troops. They took care of those boys. And so we're standing up there. And so they moved had... out fortunately before you got to the top. well, that that group did. <coughs> but what we found <clears throat> out was that about every quarter of a mile they'd have a company. They spread them out. So we pulled back off. We're on just off, and there's a you know slope that goes down. i hi is he's up there. <clears throat> and he's squatting, and he's leaning up against a tree. I'm right behind him, about 15 feet directly behind him. These guys take a break. This NVA company takes a break right in front of him. Whoa. And he's got his hand behind his back, and he's doing this. Five, 10, 15, gets up to 60. Oh. Yeah. And then one, it's one of the indigenous coughed. You know, they all had TB. Sure and now he turns around and his eyes are this big and then he 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 slides down you hear all this yelling up there you know at first it goes and then they start yelling and then they broke up and they went because we had uh there was a hot, you know there was an elevation on both sides we were sort of in a little uh, low area and i just turn them around and Let's get the hell out of here. So we're, we're sliding on our butts all the way down that mountain. Call a helicopter and the guys, and we got to the bottom, and they came, picked us up, and we start to fly away. And there's a RPG. I'm I'm sitting right in the. I'm just happened to be right between the pilot and the pilot. Yeah. Right in front of the bulb of the like ten feet in front of us, and it came. It didn't come from from down to up. It was more like the sides horizontal. Otherwise it might have and it went, whew, you, know, you know, the smoke. and. The, oh, yeah, it's stream, yeah. And we got back, we got out of there, got back, come into uh, the LZ there at Mylock. This is November 30th. Oh. Clyde is, is standing on the side of the LZ with somebody I don't know. It turned out to be a radio operator. Right. There's nobody else there. You know how it was. The guys yeah. usually show up. And you know, well, there was nobody there. A team went out after the day after we went out and got shot up, and they were medevaced. And then the, you know, the all the guys that jumped in that uh, elder son thing, I don't know what happened there except they got hit by a rocket, supposedly. Yeah,
2: November thirtieth, King B was seven SF men right, and the crew all lost. And again, you're forgetting one more little detail. Before yeah. that mission, mm. you and Lynn Black, John Peters, John Smith, had volunteered to do that mission, and you were on a helicopter en route to it. Then, when you got called
3: back, no, There's that wasn't me. That wasn't me. Yes, it is. Really? Yeah, you were I there. Don't remember that. I remember it. That's a great I, picture, though. Is it? Yeah, but the, the key <laughs> thing is,
2: had you gone on a mission uh, four days later, five days later, the mission. They go through and they, and they die.
3: Yeah, I don't remember that. That's but, okay. That's, why, but, I get, that's but, why I get paid the big bucks, Tim. No, but to him. but uh, I remember uh, me going over to Clyde, and he's like, he's looking at me. I can remember his remember face. November 30th. Yeah. Sure. And I go over to him, and he puts his, he puts his arm on his shoulder, and we walked off, and he told me about it, and I just went off, man. Sure. Oh, yeah. It was
2: a horrible day.
3: Horrible day. And you know what? There was so much going on there at Mylock they didn't brief me at all ever on that mission that important mission really all that stuff we found out yeah they're coming through yeah there's a lot of them all that stuff uh i, re- I remember that later on because uh everybody was uh sort of blown away by that day and that was the day that was the last mission run out of um mylock my or six you know where guys came back and and it was um Tilt they closed my lock that day. Really? That day.
2: I didn't know that. Yeah.
3: My recollection is that we were on helicopters going back to Fubai. Like, If it wasn't that day, it was the next day. It was the next day. My God. So did you ever sign um, a book for me? No. Because I asked you when, when you thought I was pissed at you, 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 you said, no, I didn't want you to.
2: Okay. Look, let's wrap it up here. <laughs> we, we, believe it or not, our two-hour interview has gone uh, an extra hour and, and ten minutes just for good luck. No. Because it's been so interesting. Uh, any last thoughts or something, that, a final point that you'd like to cover before we close it out here, sir? I mean, i like to say at least one thing. After you're done, you go to college, you become an attorney. Oh, yeah. And you're a prosecutor.
3: And a successful
2: prosecutor. Really in tired. the... Uh,
3: I was okay. Riverside County DA's I, I, office for I,
2: years, of, uh, prosecuting major scumbags,
3: murderers, perps. I had the longest. No, I'm not going to do that.
2: You just say uh, I had the
3: longest tenure. No, I had the longest sentence. Is that right? Right, California history for murder. No, for child molestation. Ooh, Andrew Magana. a thousand years to life. Wow, no just can cut that short. And I was I was being a shithead when the, I told the newspaper I said yeah but he doesn't have to do all that time. <laughs> I said he'll be eligible for parole in about seven hundred fifty years. <laughs> and all of the I swear I got such a backlash there from the defense attorneys they think yeah, you know yeah anyway I didn't care, but um, yeah that was a that was a that was a. I, uh, honestly, I used a lot of, um, not consciously, but you know, you become an analytical man. Like you are, like with what we did. And you're, and you grow to be able to handle a lot of different issues simultaneously. Sure. You know, and in, in the courtroom was the same way in a trial, um, not that I was the greatest trial lawyer in the world or anything, but I did. Uh, I was aware of that at some point. Absolutely.
2: And during uh, that time, you were able to raise two daughters, yeah. who today are very successful.
3: Was all my uh, doing? I was all I did. It. <laughs> my my now ex wife was wonderful, and she was a great and still is a great mother. We get along great. My uh, oldest daughter is in her last year of medical school at University of Arizona, Phoenix my youngest daughter is in, her, in uh, law school at uh, USD Wow. Um, well, my I daughter
2: my, pissed, daughter's class like me, my daughter's teaching classes and they still like me my daughter's teaching classes at USD now is baby. that right yeah yeah we'll compare oh, we prepare notes we got it we got oh, some history man. man see we didn't know that right that's no, why no, we do no, no, uh, seriously i didn't know I'm that i'm very serious
3: yes sir man, well congratulations that's awesome yeah. that's it's a, a good school we've been blessed with good girls Girls that are awesome, you know. Boys are. I wish I had. You know, it doesn't matter. What I had was was what I got, and um, I. That's what I wanted, and because, Indeed. as soon as they're there, they're everything to you. Yeah.
2: And uh, so, any last thoughts? Any point you should maybe should cover? I don't think
3: there's anything in my head left. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. I might have a thought in a day or two. I can right. tell you that that thing last night, man. I told you I'm like a hermit. And I, I had so much interaction with so many great guys. Yeah. You know, just being around, it was a reminder for me. I told you like I w- look I really did wake up like at 3:30 in the morning was like, oh "My god."
2: Well, you know, I'm I'm like you in that every man I've met since our time at will FWB1 I judge everybody against them. I agree. Because the men we served with, our senior Isn't NCOs. Amazing?
3: Here we go through all these years of our yeah. life. We have all these, I mean, you've had a great career. You're a journalist. You're, doing, you're an author and all of this. I go through, I fell into everything, honestly. I wasn't, I was like, what? You know, it's like, yeah, come on over here. We'll make you a DA. I mean, I swear to God, I, I don't know how any of that but happened. You've done good. But it was, I judged, well, that 115th, Fifteen months out of your whole life. I was seventy-seven last Sunday here.
2: No kidding. Yeah. Well,
3: but but you, I look I didn't back on how I was older than me. you I'm were. laying there this morning. You know, <laughs> that that uh, that was that was me. That was a core of, of who I was. And yeah, people don't understand that. I mean, uh, but well, it, we get uh, a few
2: more podcasts like yours. Maybe they will. You'll help them begin to understand and comprehend. Maybe I
3: should do one of those little video things where I help people. Yeah, and they pay me. Yeah, there we go. You like the pay part? <laughs> no. Come to Tim. I, I will help you. I'm the luckiest guy in the world. I'm sure you feel the same. way.
2: Absolutely, we should have been dead so many times.
3: I, I just, it's, and that's why I believe in God. I really do. Absolutely. I really do.
2: Well, we'll close on a very positive note, and uh, uh, the, uh, just wanted to add that when the podcast began, we were talking about your practice mission, which was in copy of so uh, cross the fence. And uh, that was our first book, and uh, other stories in there about Alabama. So with that thought, we will officially close here, sir. And uh, we wanna thank, again, Jocko Willings Productions for allowing us and for supporting this uh, production, along with Saw Chronicles. And as always, we always thank the veterans today for defending our country, and we thank first responders the people at the hospital, particularly Border Patrol these days. They are earning their pay and their unique role during these troubled times in our country. And we want to thank veterans like Tim Schaaf, who came, stood tall for our country, served it as a great example for all other Americans. And last but not least, as we close, we want to thank those who were not able to return. And today we still have 1,582 Americans who are listed as missing in action in Southeast Asia from the Vietnam War. And from that includes 50 Green Berets who served in the secret war, who are still missing along with the 83 plus aviators that we've been able to document, who put their lives on the line for us while we were on the ground. And we will close on a note and thank you again. Uh, God bless America.
3: God bless America. Thank you. To appreciate it.
2: Sawcast thirty-one is behind us. Yes, sir. Tim Schaff, huh? One, it's just like one year, one tour duty. I guess he extended a little, and uh, but still, my God, I remember him and uh, vividly from one of our characters <laughs> when he came down from k of course. But some of those stories,
5: yeah, I was I was wondering because as as Tim was you know going through his stories and and going through how he got you know into Sog and I was wondering how you two kind of initially crossed paths. We we didn't dive too deep into
2: that. <laughs> well, that's true because you know he he always puts himself in that position. I'm, I'm the new guy, new guy. Well, by the time I get there, this is. I was in. May, it was in May. He had come in a few times to FOB One, uh. but it was always like only there. Then he's gone because either the caisson or up to Mylock, and then in between, he would be down there in between missions or back briefing. So, and of course, then after October fifth, when all that went down with Lynn, then it was kind of like, whoa! Now, if Tim had been the one zero, the good point man would still be alive, mm-hmm. and so. Got to know him better. And of course, then whenever he would come in, Pat Watkins and Spider Parks would be on him. And of course, you know, (laughs) he was really handsome. And the one thing we didn't talk to him about was how he does his singing impressions. Oh, no way. Oh, yeah. He does Frank Sinatra back in the day. (laughs) And I think he even got paid to sing somewhere. Wow. Yeah. So, and, you know, before we did our recording, we teased him about how. He may have worn the mirrors out and flew by <laughs> and he was he just he just liked the mirror, but he's just a great guy, yeah, and the bottom line was the missions when it came time he went mm-hmm. wow. and uh, and as you hear from these stories, and again, it's like some of the books they're more vivid about talking about the firefights, and he's talking about. We're well, yeah, we're in that firefight for two or three hours. Oh well, we're kind of getting low on ammo, and that's it. Yeah. it's like, come on, dude, back the tape up a little bit. Got a couple more details here. Yeah, because that mission with uh, that he was talking about near the end, mm-hmm. that seven day mission when Roger Lockshear and 101st Airborne came in, and that whole episode of the of the slick pulling out and coming back, there was that's the line where Roger Lockshear is talking about. There's Hundreds of men on the ground, and they just the M60 couldn't kill them fast enough. So, and here's Tim. Yeah, we had a firefight, and uh, we, we started getting low on ammo. Really, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really
5: did enjoy how Tim was kind of painting the picture when when he's throwing you know the the indage onto the Hilo, helicopter, sure, and and seeing you know watching the bullet holes appear you know, around him, uh, and then seeing the bullet hole between the door gunner's feet Feet. appear. uh, Yeah. And
2: that's bananas. Yeah, because in the helicopters in the U.S. had that more of a thick metal. I guess it may have been a thick aluminum. Mm -hmm. But still, when you're on and bouncing, that's a hard metal. Then to see the rounds come through, oh, my God. (laughs) That brought back a few memories. Yeah, I bet. (laughs) Yeah. I never saw anything that dramatic, though, the round coming between the door garden's oh, feet, God. though. You, you saw some tracer fire coming through the, the hole yes. of the helo. We had that with the Kingbees yeah. more. Mm-hmm. And And uh, other times, we've there was one time we had a couple of the punctures in this little petition, like you have the pilots and the co-pilot, oh. then there's that strip of aluminum, mm-hmm. or whatever it is, and then there's the doors that are open. Saw a couple of punctures there on the extraction. It's kind of like, you, then you're waiting for the helicopter to crash. And somehow it just keeps purring along. Speaking of helicopter crash, gosh, Tim going
5: down and just busting the slicks off of his. Oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah.
2: And that's a hard landing, but again, it could have been a lot worse. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Oh. Yeah. But they practiced those over years. The pilots, that's one of the things they always practiced was the emergency landings using autorotation. And um, we had a little bit of that with the uh, Operation Tailwind, Mm -hmm. which was the classic with a Siege 53 Delta model loaded with people and and intel reports and weapons. And when it crashed, but it was in Mm autorotation, they never trained for it. Because the helicopter was new, but they trained how to fly it, but they never got around to that part of training with weight, with troops, and uh, no engines.
5: Yeah, speaking of <sighs> speaking of training, you know, I, I was uh, listening to the the part of the story where um, on that training mission where they're getting into the the Navy boats, yeah. and the saw guys had never really trained for that. No particular never. contingency, right? It just right. wasn't something that, that was getting trained up on.
2: Yeah, there was there was no shorelines in Laos. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. there may have been some lakes or something, yeah, but yeah, yeah. we never had the United States Navy stand by to come pull our ass out. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's one of those classic. I remember mm-hmm. writing that. When I'm writing it the first time. it just laughed. Yeah, it was just like. But on the other hand, they were all lucky. Yeah, to come out of that. Many NVA, Viet Cong, whatever they were. Mm-hmm. But, uh, oh, yeah, that's why that training mission the alone. There were a few others th- where people had run into contact, of course, but um, that one stuck out. And he forgot that when they came back, they got razzed something fierce. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. You had a firefight. Did you run out of bullets from sh- making it sound like it was a firefight? <laughs> did, did
5: Did it eventually come out that, uh, that they, those guys had actually – gotten into some some pretty heavy contact out there
3: oh yeah yeah yeah
5: yeah
2: yeah, yeah. yeah Tim by that point they had the uh, you know they said well okay black you're here Tim's here we're gonna talk to each of you separately oh really yeah they just won't... but in jest yeah and then they, to, they talked to them then mm-hmm. Pat Watkins, and then we, with okay we've heard the stories yeah okay maybe maybe there was a little bit more fire than we realized yeah Coo- co- yeah. corroborated, co- corroborated <laughs> yeah. by, by the team. It's good stuff, man. Oh, I know. just crazy. And then Tim, because really, he was in Riverside County, and I was down in San Diego County, and there were some major trials up there mm. that he made headlines with convictions. Wow. Oh, it's just good stuff. thousand-year sentence. Yeah, I'd forgotten that one. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> For child molestation good yeah Yeah. put the perp away unlike today's da's because i was gonna i wanted to to wander down that trail a little bit well what's your opinion but i figured we were a little long on that podcast already so yeah
5: and uh that's that was really you know just really cool cool to hear about uh you know district attorney you know just making it happen and
2: had a you know successful career at it and yeah, he rose through the ranks and got to the top uh, office within the DA's office where um, he handled the big cases. And it was quite a while. It, which was a
5: little hard for me to compute there at first because he's just such a riot. You know, we're, we're in here talking and joking and oh, yeah. having a good time. And uh, But he, he did, you know, he had a very serious job, uh, very serious career, and... and God's work
2: out there he did Yeah. oh awesome. yeah just cleaning up uh, picking up with the police arrested and get him in jail don't like some of these DA's today in Smell <laughs> County oh my god it's just what's going on there it's a time for our country under a great challenge but uh, you know uh, back in the day his day he did it got it done absolutely yeah and the time on the ground and he uh, he took some razzing because he was just such like you see him he's he you know he could give it out but he took it yeah yep. so that was the fun part of everything I remember that part from Fubai too so yeah. oh yeah so that's a podcast number thirty one I can't believe it yes sir we're rolling along here
5: yep and uh, I'll just say it, it's it's really I, I I imagine for the listeners and viewers too it's really special to start to see this tapestry come together, uh, now, you know, being 30 episodes into Sogcast, yeah, where you, you hear, you've either read about these guys and, uh, you know, one of the books or, or in the earlier podcast you hear about some of these characters and now seeing these guys on the podcast and, you know, being able to hear their versions of some of these stories we've, we've oh, yeah. grown to know and love. Um, it's really special, man.
2: Yeah, we're trying to get a couple of SPAD pilots lined up here. We've had a little bit of complications along the way, but we're still pushing. We're going to get them in here. We'll make it happen. Indeed, indeed. Uh, Anything else here, sir? No, sir. Pleasure being here. Thanks for having me. Well, thank you. And again, uh, we thank Jocko Willink Productions for making all this happen in uh, conjunction with uh, SOG Chronicles. And as always, we, to this day, always thank all our veterans, service members that are out there today protecting our country along with our first responders. And uh, those Border Patrol men just seem to earn a special place in our hearts during these challenging times. And as always, um, you can go to Jocko's website for a lot of his product lines. We always encourage our viewers to do so to support him and uh, supporting these products. And then also I've got my books, which we started off today with Across the Fence, and then we have On the Ground – And uh, saw Chronicles, and they're available all through Amazon. And then last but not least, as we thank people like Tim who served our country, we always pay homage to those who did not come home. And we close on that note. God bless America.